Hey everybody, welcome to a new show. This one is an interview with the enigmatic and uh, very, very interesting Isaac Weishaupt. You can find Isaac over at IlluminatiWatcher.com where he runs uh, a podcast, a prolific uh, written word, like a prolific book empire. And uh, he has a podcast now, Conspiracy Theories and Unpopular Culture, which you can go and listen to. And he has guests on it. He talks about loads of the occult and modern culture and um, analysis of all that stuff that you're asking me to do that's like too, uh, I I feel for me it's too um, instantaneous or it's too quick a turnover. You know, like the Britney Spears is being held captive by her family and made to dance on TikTok conspiracy. Uh, He talks about loads of stuff, you know, the the occult and um, aliens and the music industry and all this kind of stuff, as well as uh, doing interviews and and analysis, let's say, of uh, big wigs in the conspiracy community like uh, David Icke. So yeah, uh, Isaac is a whopper. He joined me on this one, (laughs) like we say at the very start. uh, We've been in it for a long time together. He had a YouTube channel with tens and tens of thousands of people on it. And then YouTube went and fucking deleted it all. Uh, cut them all off and it's happening a lot to a lot of different creators at the moment I'm really really excited to get off YouTube and get into Vimeo and share that with the Patreon people um, if you want to support this show and get this show ad free hit patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys you get loads of ad free shows uh, updates on new episodes coming out uh, you'll get early sneak peeks at the new season 8 episodes that we're about to record in the coming weeks nail-bitingly exciting people i'm very very happy uh tcg towers is all set up ready to go with cameras here and stuff and uh we'll be streaming it to patreon folks and those streams will be going on vimeo because fuck youtube i haven't been on twitter in weeks man i'm saving 10 to 10 to 12 hours a week by not looking at bullshit on twitter and trying to stay informed and keep up to date and also fucking feed my depression monster so i feel so much better i'm getting so much more done um, this shit has big dick energy And uh, I'm getting ready for season 8 Right now So um, Yeah I, I'm um, I'm really happy to be talking with Isaac here on this one This is recorded a few weeks ago With the release of his new book The Dark Path Which is all about uh, conspiracy theories in popular culture And it's a whopper You can get it on Amazon for about 8 or 9 dollars Something like that But if you're a Patreon supporter of him So it's patreon.com Slash Illuminati Watcher I think there's a there's a, a tier where you pay ten or twelve dollars something like that, and you get that book and a couple of other books free for your first month of support. And uh, he also has uh, video channels and stuff like that. It's very hard, you know, now to know what's going to get fucking pulled off and what's going to get like dinged or slapped. Um, so I'm not going to be releasing that on YouTube no more. I'm very very uh, sparsely uh, attending in, in my Facebook DMs and my Facebook uh, page. Uh, similar with Twitter. So if you want to get in touch with me, go on to Discord. There's going to be a magic link in the description of this episode. And it's one of those, you know, link tree type things where you click on it and there's loads of links. You go into that shit and it'll have all the the links to wherever I am. But the best place to find me, the best place to get me, and the best place to hang out with other TCG fans, Discord. There's an invite in that magic link in the description. Hit that shit, get in there, hit me with a DM if you want me to see that. That's what I'm spending my toilet time on. No more Twitter DMs, a little bit of Instagram, no more Facebook. 
Fuck YouTube. Videos are hosted on BitChute. Videos are hosted on Vimeo. The exclusive stuff like the streams and um, live chats and all that crack. Early access. That's all on Patreon. There are another couple of episodes coming still for the end of the season. The longest season in history. This is like the fucking season 7 of that 70 show that went on for 40 million episodes. Until, uh, what's his name? Topher Grace fucked off. Because he was like, no, I'm too big for this show. <laughs> and melted into oblivion like sugar and tea. Um, so yeah, so season 7, longest, longest season ever. Uh, season 8 is, is starting. I just, this morning, booked my final guest for the season 8 episodes, which will record over September, October, November and December. If you want to be able to watch those live, or at least within 24 hours of them being recorded, on the stream, on camera, you gotta be a Patreon. If you're a Patreon, you get to watch that shit now. And then in the months coming, as I edit and put them all out, uh, that <laughs> you'll be able to listen to it as a normal. But if you want to get them early, if you want to get them ad-free, patreon.com slash guys. September is the shit that's going to happen. There's also, a, like, I think 40 true crime episodes on the, on the diddly.io coming down here. I'm after being on the phone to a lot of people yesterday, the day before, the day before. Booking all over the place. Top quality Irish comedy talent hitting the fucking bricks. Um, okay, so I love you guys. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Thanks for sticking with me. Through times of plenty and those lean, those lean summer times, those lean COVID times, I do appreciate your ears, your attention, and uh, your messages of, of love and support are keeping me in the uh, mental state that I'm accustomed to, which is very close to unbridled happiness. <laughs> So thank you so, so much uh, to everybody on the Patreon for supporting. And just you guys for listening for nothing. It makes me uh, makes me very happy. So thank you so much. Right, here's this uh, Swapcast slash interview with Isaac Weishaupt. Go check out his show, Conspiracy Theories in Unpopular Culture, and uh, his new book, The Dark Path. There's actually a new book coming out now as well. The cunt is fucking prolific. So head over to his website, IlluminatiWatcher.com, and check it out. Right, enjoy the interview. Isaac Weishaupt, welcome. Man, I'm happy to be on this show. We, uh, you and I have been in this game for a minute or two. Uh, yeah, been, man. We've been, Long we've been sort of inadvertently crossing paths, so uh, this is a big deal for me. So I do appreciate you letting me on the show and talk to your lovely audience. Well, thanks and for I like the devil's around. haircut you got, by the way. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was holding on to man. I got my widow's peak going on, and I was you know doing a little comey over job, and uh, just wasn't uh, working. The barber was just yeah. like, what do I do with this? What do we do? Cutting it. And just like dust was coming out. That's all. So I said, like, fuck it, man. We get to it now. Um, but I got yeah, my, back, the, my back the sack of crack in, done. Man, that's, yeah. I just need to oh, get those that's muscles the, That's now. the look, man. That's yeah. what I need to get. Hit, but, um, hit that CrossFit, man. Hit the CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a cult. Uh, we've, yeah. yeah, we have been crossing paths. I, I, I've talked to Greg Carwood like a, a many's the time, you know. Um, I'm listening to him for, jizz, I'd say 10 years, which is the first place I've, I heard of you. Um, you've also been on Sam Tripoli's uh, podcast. Uh, you've been pumping out shit on YouTube for years and years. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a hiccup because YouTube, a bunch of dry cunts, uh, decided just to pull the plug on you, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it's interesting how the last 10 years has progressed because I started blogging in 2011 with no intentions of it, like doing anything. I was actually, what I was doing was, 
I had finished my my bachelor's degree and I had a two year gap before I started grad school. So I started the blog just kind of, you know, dicking around and slowly it sort of picked up traction. And then we started doing YouTube videos and then those picked up traction. And this was like uh, 2012-ish, 2013-ish that I started the YouTube videos. And back then, if you recall, there was tons of conspiracy videos. Like it was on fire and like so it was, was doing really well. Smoke, smoke and draw and uh, watching that shit until five, four or five in the morning. And it was like, recommend, recommend, recommend. Just like, yeah, <sighs> love this shit. Yeah. And like and people used to sort of talk about going down the rabbit hole and clicking videos and staying up all night. Like it was a whole thing. And then in 2016, everything changed. And that was a very curious time because not only did my website traffic, which was linearly increasing every month, I had half a uh, half a million page views a month at the point in 2016. Mm. At the same time in the same year, the the blog the I started getting removed from the first page of Google results. I also started getting sort of shadow banned on YouTube, and then eventually fully banned on YouTube for saying stuff that I've fought with them. I mean, I've sent emails, uh, 20, 30 emails back and forth trying to get a definition, trying to find out why they wouldn't tell me. They just say, Oh, you violate community guidelines. And you know, I had like 73,000 subscribers at the time. And it just, it, it was, there's a lot of time to make these videos, you know? So I was real pissed off at them. And then, um, you know what, what I'm getting at here, short version, Google and YouTube, of course, the same thing. Yeah. Same company. And they're the number one and two search engine. So the truth is that somebody out there, the Illuminati, whatever we want to call these people, they have a vested interest in uh, manifesting reality and creating the reality they want to be chosen, which in the truther community, we all like, this is nothing new. We get this, but it's an all in, uh, an all out sort of assault on, on finding the narrative of what everyone needs to understand and, and filtering everything else out of the way. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in it since the early nineties, uh, you know, in the way that I, you know, I was I was watching uh, alien documentaries, or you'd be watching the X Files, and then finding out about a thing like a chupacabra. I said, "What the fuck is that?" You go off and you look it up, and you, you know, it's you sent out to the library or to the dial-up internet. You know, in the late nineties, um, and as the two thousands came along, and nine eleven woke a lot of people up. I think that was my like true conspiracy awakening. And then for those fifteen years. It was just building and building and building, and it was a whole broadcast yourself ethos online that people were having blogs, they were getting followers. It was independent media in its purest form. Like 2012 was probably like peak uh, YouTube, you know, for for uh, the power of creators, like proper influencers before it got commercialized, before it got whitewashed. Um, and Facebook the same. Like Facebook was for people to connect. It wasn't like this, you know, commercial behemoth where if you put stuff up. It takes like three days for people to see it, or if you have a bunch of followers, you have to pay, or no one will see it, and it ends up becoming this like um, utilitarian type of service where it doesn't work naturally. It's the same with like Twitter chronological timelines. You put something up, and it's like here, this is happening now, and you don't see it for two days. So like you were part of this community that was pumping out conspiracy stuff, seeing current events, analyzing them through your knowledge, and then pumping them back out as videos. I still see you have like. Um, Isaac Weishaupt as a, as a YouTube channel. I don't know if that's even yours. Uh, there's like maybe 10,000 people on it now. But 70,000 people is an awful lot to lose. Uh, we started the show in 2014. I was producing from 2013. And up to, like, tw like I said, 2016, everything was hunky-dory. 
And then I started getting like dings on older videos on YouTube, older episodes. Um, we're still showing up in Google, but not as well as we were. What do you think was the change? Like, is it a, a power change? Is it the Wojcicki sisters coming in? Was there like a decision of like, okay, you know, implement plan alpha where we're going to uh, take over this independent media because we know mainstream media is being more and more distrusted. Like, what was the change? What was the, the catalyst for that, do you think? Something curious that happened in March of 2016, you can see there was a bill that was called Countering Foreign Disinformation or something to that effect that here in America we were pushing through. And basically, if you read the language of it, it says, hey, there's fake news and this is foreign propaganda and we need to do something about it. This is back in March of 16. Yeah. Then you fast forward through the summer, late summer of 2016, President Trump is uh, running for office and, you know, people started seeing all these weird uh, videos and links on their on their social media feeds. And then, you know, and the official story goes that, well, it turns out that there was, in fact, fake news and there was foreign and, uh, you know, countries trying to manipulate the election. Uh, so in October, after Trump had won or November, excuse me, all of a sudden the term fake news starts circulating yeah. and they, and everybody was at, everybody acts shocked. The media, the politicians are all like, Whoa, what is this fake news? I can't believe someone did this. And it's like, <laughs> no dude, you guys knew back in March, this was going to happen. Yeah. So don't act surprised. Three, like, three so, Macedonian teenagers in their, in the back bedroom destroyed the American elections apparently. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and you know, and I'm not smart enough to know what really happened there. You'd have to spend a year researching it and going down that rabbit hole. But the point I'm getting at, here is I think in 2016, there was a sort of false flag attempt to silence the truther community. And they, they started populating this fake news term and all oh, this is devastating. And, you know, now, now because of fake news, we got Trump in here and everybody hates Trump. And, uh, you know, we really need to do something about it. And let's silence the conspiracy truthers. are like, wait a minute, what? Like, how do we get from from foreign countries causing the problem to truthers? And that's what they did. There was a narrative um, twist to be like domestic terrorists, you know, straight, straight white men are like and school shooters. And they, like, if you take all of that stuff and list it out, if you think about it now, like audience at home thinking about it now, if you think about it now, it seems like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Uh, oh yeah, that was a thing. San Bernardino and oh yeah, the Vegas thing. But if you list all the shit that happened over the last four years out in a list, like it'd fucking melt your face. The amount of times that the news has like blatantly lied, been caught and went, ah, well, here's another thing. Um, a, a big thing that I found when we were doing our episode on propaganda uh, at the start of um, 2016 was uh, the smith month Act uh, that was enacted after World War II. Uh, and basically, the Americans were using propaganda through the news media during the war to, you know, encourage people to go to fight for, for their country and all this kind of stuff. But the powers that be knew that, okay, shit, if we leave this fourth estate with the power to tell lies and propagandize and manipulate the populace, they're definitely going to use it for, for badness. So they put this moratorium on it for like 70 years where this Smith, uh, um, Smith Munt Act was put in where you can't propagandize to the American people, to your own people. You're not allowed to manipulate news media or tell lies to, to manipulate your populace. And that was rescinded by the Obama administration in 2013. So you can see from then filtered down, it took maybe two, three years 
uh, the, the, the second term of Obama's administration, it started to really ramp up. They were, you know, underplaying all the drone strikes, really playing up like the terrorism and ISIS and all this kind of stuff. And when Trump came in, I think they thought that Hillary was going to walk away with it and it was going to be a, a kind of a whitewash of, uh, you know, Illuminati control. The, the, the elites were going to really push all the buttons. And it was kind of an upset, which led to the Russia Gate thing, which led to all of these other falsehoods uh, hidden in different symbols and meanings. If you were to, uh, if you were to say for YouTube particularly, which is the second biggest search engine, um, do you think that that rule, or even like the adpocalypses and stuff that happened, is that like YouTube's way of trying to gain control over this uncontrollable mass of people? Like we are all pretty yeah. much like incorruptible. Like conspiracy theorists, we, we we won't fall for that shit. We'll always uh, ask questions. We'll always, you know, double down on uh, bad decisions about media consumption. Do you think it's it, there? It's a particularly targeted thing from YouTube to get rid of the people who question the mainstream narrative. Yeah, hundred percent. Because, like you said, there's all these false flags in history. Uh, Operation Mockingbird was telling us how evil communism was, um, and you know, you've got all these weird little CIA operations on American soil, which they're not even supposed to do. And, you know, YouTube. So it's like kind of like what you were saying earlier, Google, YouTube, social media, like that's where everyone gets all their information. Yeah. If you control those things, like you can create reality. You're uh, an occult magician, as it were, of the modern day. And, and when you look at the history of who the Illuminati is, you'll see all these occult references and it's always about ritual magic. It's always about man creating God, becoming God. And this is exactly how they want to do it. The, um, the, uh, and that's curious I, that you talk about that Smith Montact. I hadn't heard of that before. I'm definitely going to look that up. If, yeah, it's if a, in fact it did expire just a couple years ago, I mean, that doozy. would make a ton of sense. It does. It's a doozy. Yeah. Um, I think that like the way that, um, the, the masses are controlled, they're going to suck you in, with uh, a service, something that's brilliant, something that seems free, and it seems to happen again and again and again, you know? Like mobile phones was like, oh my God, mobile phone. and then the next thing is like, Snowden comes out and goes like, oh yeah, but they can hear everything you're saying, and people are like, yeah, but I can play Candy Crush and like and and send titty pictures to my boyfriend, so I'll just keep it. Like, and, do you know what I mean? Like people are still yeah. amazed when they're in a conversation with a friend, and then they go on Instagram and there's an ad popping up, and they're like, huh. I was just talking about that. They're like, you fucking, they're listening, you know, but they still don't care. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, they drew everybody in, got everybody to put their, like we all put our fucking, our, our lives, you know, into this thing. And then it starts getting taken away from you. You know, Alex Jones got switched off. David like recently got switched off from a 5G. Um, lots of people are, who are like big deals, just getting switched off. Um, is it, is it like, Susan Wojcicki and her sister and her brother-in-law and, you know, a certain set of people who are like, we are going to decide, we are the council of elders and we are going to decide that this is the message. And if so, if that is the narrative, are they Illuminati? And mm -hmm. what, like, what is Illuminati then if they're allowed into it? Yeah. The, so when you talk about all the, uh, the, the Google types, um, I did a show, I did a two part show called the Google conspiracy uh, about a year ago. And we talked about Sergey Brin and his wife and how his wife is involved in this transhumanistic 23 and me 
system where they're taking your your uh, DNA and storing it so that when the when the big transhuman push happens in 20 years, they can charge you you know x amount of dollars to be like, hey, uh, I've got your DNA from back when you were healthy. Uh, I can harvest you a new kidney or whatever you need, and it's just going to cost you x amount of dollars. But uh, but the um the it's funny because the you so what I get often is. And it always surprises me, sort of takes me aback. I get people that reach out to me and talk about how they used to follow my my first YouTube channel, Illuminati Watcher One, back in you know, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, whatever, whatever it is. Hours, yeah. And um, and I, and they were like, oh, I watched that when I was a kid, and you really helped form my opinion. And it kind of like kind of blows my mind, like the, you know, the, the effect, the power of that. And so I try to be very careful about what I say and try to present my, my ideas and thoughts supported with evidence and facts and links, uh, because, you know, we as a truth community have an obligation to make sure we're steering people in the right direction because they all see the manipulation happening through the mainstream channels, the psyops, the false flags, like people, people know this intuitively, most of them choose to stay ignorant to it. Some of them dabble over into the conspiracy world. And we, we as truthers have to keep those people in our, our camp because you've got to persuade normal, rational people to believe in this stuff. You know, us truthers are, are you know, stereotypically a little maybe fringier, a little more open-minded to things, but not everybody is. And the way I see things if, if you're the Illuminati and you want to create reality and create the narrative and trick people, all you need is like this herd immunity, sort of like the vaccines. You just need like 80, 90% of people to believe it. The 10%, whatever you, you get, we'll just label you crazy. And yeah. that's where it ends. And it's funny because I always say this, it's like the conspiracy theorists are always right. They always come out right. And Eventually I'm, over, and I'm, over the longest over curve time, of time, it always happens. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm one of the most skeptical truthers out there. Uh, trust me. I, I'm very skeptical of a lot of things a lot of people say. And inevitably, like, we you talking about the uh, the smartphones, you know? I remember when that was the big conspiracy. It was like, oh, the smartphones are going to, you know, that's a tool for the Illuminati. And, and I just did a show about COVID's connections to technology. And we talked about how there's this this, this system, right? Uh, let me explain it through like a, a quick example. So if you've got an Android phone on the Android system, it's got this little, uh, program written into it. And then you have a certain type of TV that has an arrangement. Maybe and I'm, I'm making this up Samsung. Maybe they've got a agreement with Google yep. and the TV and the phone, they use ultrasonic communication we can't hear. It's, it's above the audible uh, spectrum of what human beings can hear. And they pass an ultrasonic signal. And when they know there's another device linked in, they transfer data. And it, and, and it could be for anything. It could be for advertising. could be for location data. But what they're doing is they're building a database, a database much like we saw in Westworld Season 3, if you followed Westworld. I watched it all to the end, yeah. The Internet of Things, okay. man. Exactly. It's all linked into 5G. 5G is the Internet of Things. Every single item you buy is going to be linked into this this new Internet, the digital matrix thing. They can have location data of everything. And what the reason they want all that is because they want to predict human behavior to what they always kind of say is uh, it's to it's to sell ad space, it's to sell you products, which I'm sure is part of it. But there's also this component of control. They want to control and 
manipulate your behavior, much like you saw in Westworld when they find out that this big black, the black son, the Rehoboam was collecting all the data and predicting how people would live, how they would die. And then it would create, it would have this, this infrastructure to create the world to make sure that happened. It would deny, you know, if, if you were going to die of a drug overdose, they want to make sure that that's how it uh, fits in and you don't get a, a job that's too good. So not, they, not they, even that though, it's a Jungian paradox because if they put it into the Rehoboam and it says oh, this guy's going to die of a drug overdose more than likely when you go in for a job interview, they won't give you the job because they know that you have behaviors that are at risk behaviors. So you're like, well, we don't want you in the job. So not getting the job is almost ensuring that negative destiny. So it's like a, it's a, a Jungian paradox. Like if I, if I do this, then this, you know, um, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, it, <laughs> I think if the, if you're talking about control using technology, the internet of things is probably like, it's not as insidious as people are making it out to be. It's the people behind that power. Like, what is it for? It's sold as a convenience and people are like, oh, that's, that's great. It's totally convenience. Like if you have a thing on your phone, you have it now, and you're saying like, um, uh, I was nearly going to say, hey, Siri, was going to activate everyone's phone. Uh, like, hey, <laughs> uh, can you remind me, um, or, or like in three days time, I want to be able to uh, buy such and such a ticket for a gig before it goes, uh, you know, it goes too late. And you'll get a message from your phone to say, hey, the office where you buy those tickets is closing in 25 minutes and it's going to take... 20 minutes to walk there so you have five minutes to get ready and go like it's tell and that's like oh my god that's so convenient there. i would have forgot about that you know like there's these intricate like if that then this are like zapier like integrations between all these different apps between location um your voice recognition all of this stuff it's sold as a convenience and no mm -hmm. one would ever think oh yeah but they can totally use that to like predict what i'm going to do in the future or put something in my way that i know i will consume or i will engage with that will change my destiny. They're changing people's destinies by knowing what their past is like in a really intimate detail. Yeah, that's real talk. In fact, there was a, I don't remember who it was for the life of me, a real smart man said something to the effect of there's going to be a time when people stops, when they, when they were referring to their phones, spying on them, when they, it might've been Edward Snowden said something like, there's going to be a time when they stop saying, Hey, they're listening to me. And they start saying, my phone's listening to me. And that's bad because we yeah. forget that there's human beings behind the manipulation of this device. Yeah. And it's why so decompartmentalized. You don't know who's actually listening to you or why or for what reason. That's the, that's the thing. Like it's the reasoning behind it. Who, who's using that information and what for? We're being sold as a convenience. There was a, a, a service called Google Now that was around a few years ago. And what it would do, you turn it on on your Android phone. And, you know, uh, if you, if your usual wake up time is eight o'clock and you got to be in work for nine, you get up, you shit, shower and shave, you get into the car, it's a 20 minute drive, you're there at 10 to nine, all good in the hood. What Google Now was doing, you put an alarm on for eight o'clock. Google Now changed your alarm, woke you up 20 minutes earlier. And when you pick up the phone, it says, hey, Google Now alert, the traffic on your usual route to work is very heavy. So you either have to get up now if you want to go your usual route or you can stay in bed for another 20 minutes and here's a faster way to go. Hmm. And then when you're on that usual route, it knows that when you walk past this cafe, you're like, oh, that's where you get your coffee. So it tells that person in the cafe, this guy's going to pass by every day. He's a loyal customer. If you want to keep him as a loyal customer and walk it this way to work every day, give him like a 10% discount thing. 
So it's it's all for this remarketing, you know, Facebook social media promotional tool to sell people extra stuff, but it fucking knows your habits better than you do. Like yeah, that's it, really it, scary. Yeah, and and you know, we're we're living in very dangerous times with this COVID thing. Mm. Um here in America we've got a thing called Clearview AI. And what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's where they're going. But before before they were talking about making this contact tracing app, they were taught they um it was a program that law enforcement used. And what the, the the police would do is they would take photos of people out in the streets that maybe looked sketchy, and that photo would get checked into Clearview AI's database. Find out who it is. Say, okay, this is Joe Blow. He's got a, a warrant out for his arrest. Blah blah blah. And the cops say, oh, this is great. You know, we're it's protecting cop shit. We're protecting the citizens, but but what's even Y'all sketchier about that? It's fucked up, dude. <laughs> but what's worse than that is that when you find out where Clearview AI got their information, they scraped YouTube, uh, Facebook, Facebook profiles, pretty much the whole internet, <laughs> and 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 build up profiles of everybody. They've got it all. That's why they did the ten year challenge. Man, people were doing that ten year yes. challenge, going like, "Hey, this what it looked like." Ten year challenge. It's like you're updating Facebook's facial database for your fucking face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's weird, man. So the Illuminati yeah, was, are behind this. Who who are the Illuminati, in your opinion? We've done an episode on the Illuminati. We went back all the way back to Adam Weishaupt and uh, uh, what is the that's seven? my that's my great 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 grandfather. So <laughs> you're in a good company. No, no relation, no relation. Um, so what you know, barring the last five months of my life before COVID hit, my world was researching the occult, mm. researching symbolism. Uh, the, the idea that I had come to, and I still stand by it and things haven't changed that the Illuminati would be like this sort of group of thought leaders and these elitists who think they are here to steer the destiny of Americans of, of, uh, you know, of the world population, I should say, excuse me. Uh, but specifically yeah, there's, America, there's more was, of us out there. Well, America was like a, a key <laughs> experiment for them. Yeah. Uh, that's why Manly P. Hall wrote the secret destiny of America. That's why all the founding fathers were all these Freemasons. Um, you know, but it's basically the, an attempt to control the destiny of the world to steer mankind through what they call the evolution of consciousness. They think that they are here for a purpose because once you have so much power, so much influence, so much uh, wealth, there's gotta be something more. There's gotta be another brass ring to reach. And that is controlling the world, controlling, uh, you know, enlightening the masses, so to speak. And they've been doing this for hundreds of years. They, use um, what I argue as sort of dark energies to do this. And this is all knowledge that's been hidden from the public, of course, passed down through ancient mystery schools, secret societies, all the way back to Pythagoras back in 500 BC. He was uh, the first, he was like the OG of secret societies. And he sort of built the first one. And what even it back, is, even is back like, into Egyptian times, like most of the Freemason symbolism and, and iconography is all based from like secret knowledges from 4000 BC, like uh, Egyptian construction. And that's what the, the masonry part of Freemasonry is like those lads making giant obelisks and giant pyramids and stuff with knowledge that's seemingly, you know, you, you can't re- repeat that today without uh, serious technology, you know? Exactly. The, 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 and when you look at the founding of uh, America here, people want to believe this was a Christian nation and, 
you know, all those early Puritans that came over here were, uh, you know, the Christians getting away from the, from the, you know, for religious freedom, they wanted to find religious freedom. And that's not really what happened. When you look at Washington, DC, all the layout, the alignment of it was, was serious. The, all the occult symbolism, all the pagan imagery, there's no, there's no Jesus Christ imagery in Washington, DC. This country is not a Christian nation. It was based on ideas from Francis Bacon and John D who were talking to aliens and channeling spirits and Washington DC set up like a pentagram. uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. With the owl and all this shit and Bohemian Grove. I mean, your audience is smart enough. I'm sure they know all this stuff about all that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that it's very clear that there is a hidden group of, of people who are very powerful and they're running the show behind the scenes and then they tell the masses what they want to hear. And most people are, you know, they just go with the program. I'm not gonna say they're too dumb. They just, they just go with the flow. And then these same people back behind the scenes, like they set up stuff to, uh, uh, make conspiracy theorists and truthers look crazy or look dumb or look evil or look dangerous. Like we saw with comet ping pong when the dude showed up with an AK, which like, again, like, I always go back to like, we as truthers have to be very careful because our audience, they're very, um, they're, they're looking for the the answers. That's why during the age of COVID, the conspiracy world is on fire because mainstream people watch the news and for three months we're watching the news and like, it seems like they don't know what's going on. How do they not know what this disease looks like or who gets it? The establishment don't know. That's the thing. It's a lot of people end up asking questions, right? And some people when they get answers to those questions, um, they don't like the answers, so they reject them. Yeah. Whether the answers are real or not real. And I think that's like, if for some people, that's like a personal preference thing. Do you know? Some people, yeah. even if you tell them, this is what happens, this is the crack. Bill Cosby is a rapist who drugged his victims and had sex with them against their will. You know, Harvey Weinstein is a rapist. And they won't believe about Bill Cosby and they totally will about Harvey Weinstein because of what they've been programmed to mm. accept from a source yeah. that's trusted. So what news and what media has become from the days when it was an establishment uh, outlet. So you had the Walter Cronkites, this is the news. And if that motherfucker said some shit, that was the truth. Because <laughs> you knew yeah. when he's there like, as of... 2 a.m. this morning, the president is dead. John F. Kennedy was shot. And everybody's like, Walter Cronkite said that shit, John F. Kennedy's dead, okay. And it was it was true until it wasn't. But everything else he had said up to that point was like the gospel, go, like gilded fact. And and news was like that for a really long time. Uh, so when now in, in the present day, when people can broadcast themselves, like how expensive was a camera even up until like the early 2000s? How expensive was hosting your own service? I was watching uh, Tom Green uh, on the on the Joe Rogan show. Like I used to watch Tom Green when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. I remember him broadcasting stuff like going online, go, waiting ages to download the video. Uh, I'm watching him do a, a chat show from his front room, and he was talking about like the the, the actual like the the scale of his production was mad. He had like fucking wires running. He has his own server system the way that that Google have now. They just or Amazon AWS or whatever. Like Tom Green was broadcasting himself before anybody in the early two thousand, and it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment and in, in bandwidth fees. So it's making it so much easier for a child to pick up a phone 
and start a YouTube channel about frozen chicken nuggies. It kind of dilutes the efficacy or it dilutes the, the hmm. value of online information. So the people who are no, no more than with money or gold or bonds or stocks for a company, you're manipulating people. It's a, it's, it's a fiat currency of information, right? So you're, Interesting. Manip you're manipulating people into going, which is the valuable thing. Mm. The stocks are all invaluable. They're all intangible, uh, you know, assets. You can't actually hold them. But if somebody else finds value in the thing that you have, it's worth money. But it's not actually a thing. And if everybody else agrees that the thing that you have is worth money, they'll start bidding off each other and they'll pay more actual money for the thing that you have. So it's it's a perceived like subjective value. And that's what's after happening to information, to news, to fact, to truth. Like you said truther a few times instead of conspiracy theorist. There's almost a, there's a black mark against conspiracy theorists now since Trump took office. And I think it's because they don't want people looking up those terms. They don't want people questioning the narrative, even though the narrative is super sketchy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's further divided America into this. Um, uh, there's one establishment worshipping sector and then there's another kind of, uh, I, I feel it's underground. I feel it's like punk rock. I feel it's, it's against the norms where it's like, no, I'm not going to just take what the TV tells me. And they're the ones that are being vilified. It's a total flip-flop from what it was, you know, f even five years ago when the people who were subversive were the progressives. They were the artists. They were the dancers and the poets. And now that all that shit is totally mainstream. It's in every television show. It's in every movie. The symbolism telling you, pu pushing this agenda down your neck. Where is this coming from, in your opinion? Like, who is behind this push, this change to what we're facing down, like a, a transhumanist future uh, that's like totally politically correct, fully like multi-gendered, uh, uh, pan-racial, you know, this this whole uh, agenda that seems to be popping up. Like who's behind that? The the people behind all this, and I, I argue that a lot of those ideas of the sort of reframe, like I feel like those are all, they, they have a lot of weapons of mass distraction as it yes. were. And I think that the gender stuff is part of that. Um, you, one could argue that it's all sort of an occult pursuit of the Baphomet because it's a, a male with the female breast and all that, which, again, that's a symbol for reconciliation of opposites, not necessarily saying that, um, not, re not really referencing gender. But if you look at propaganda, if you look at the history of propaganda, you can't look at it without finding Edward Bernays back in the early 1930s. Yeah. This was a guy who was using uh, Freudian ideas. And of course, Freud was a uh, Kabbalist, according to the author of Going Clear, a book about Scientology, where you know Freud was all about these dream interpretations. And uh, Bernays was tied in with the corp corporate America. And what he was doing was steering the masses into taking on new habits and people were more naive back then it seems, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe people are just as naive today, but like he was the guy who got women to smoke cigarettes, called them torches of freedom. Yeah. He got people to eat bacon and eggs for breakfast. That originally wasn't a thing. People used to eat like granola for breakfast. In fact, before that there was no breakfast. People did do breakfast. Um, they used to, uh, I think sometimes they would eat leftovers from dinner the night before. Cause back then, 
you didn't preserve meat. So meat would be green and you'd have to cover it and catch up to eat it. But uh, he was also the one who got people to buy diamond rings, which are essentially worthless. Um, But yeah, it's like these same attitudes of like, oh, people are stupid. There's a formula of how to deceive them. And that's what, again, that's the role Google, YouTube, all your social medias play. And if you talk about consolidation of power, what more effective consolidation of power than if you can reach out to Google, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or uh, Instagram, of course, part of Facebook. And what it is, in my opinion, is an ancient, this sort of occult religion that the Illuminati appear to subscribe to. It's this combination of Neoplatonism hermeticism and Kabbalism. And it's, it's all this sort of ancient philosophy, the idea of inversion. And you hear uh, Sam Tripoli always talk about this stuff about what's up is down. What's left is right. And that's, that's the truth. Evolution. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's, Mm. it's everything is inverted. And, and to me, and this is where things start going into, you know, and and if you're asking me my subjective personal opinion, this is what I think. I think there is clear evidence. They've always wanted to destroy Christianity. They think, and the reason they want that is because Christianity is an inversion of their true religion. They think that Jesus Christ at best was just one of the avatars of God. Wasn't the final, wasn't the Messiah at all. Uh, you know, so they admire him on some levels, but he's not the real, um, uh, you know, final avatar, final, uh, Messiah that they're waiting for. And they believe that God, the father, the one that created the garden of Eden, that created the world that we live in through ritual magic, through incantation, through the logos, the word created the world. And in capitalism, they say it's through mental emanation, through thought, because they, they subscribe to this idea of as above, so below. And there's this, there's this connection that we can sort of make if you know how to practice the right things. The dark side. If you know how to go into the dark side. Yeah. So they, so I, I think that Let they consume want, you. <laughs> they, and that's some real shit right there, yeah, man. man. Uh, I wrote one you of my, one of my, you a whole book? I wrote a whole book yeah, about man. Star Wars conspiracy. It's it's a shorter book, but um, in fact, what it what that some I've got like a few short books, and the reason for that, including the Star Wars one, is because I started writing just a simple blog post about it, mm-hmm. and like next thing you know, I'm ten thousand words in. Next thing you know, I'm twenty thousand words in. I'm like, damn, this is way too long for a post. On so I just packaged it as a book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it's all this idea of the inverted reality, and it's always it's always Gnosticism and you always see Gnosticism tied into Crowley tied into all these ancient belief systems, uh, the Knights Templars. And it's, it means those capable of knowing and there's a knowledge a Gnosis that came from Lucifer came from the Luciferian spirit came from the serpent in the garden of Eden that told Adam and Eve, they could be like gods. Their third eye would be open, which the third eye is the all seeing eye, which is the same as the brow chakra, which the brow chakra is, denoted with the two horns, which ties us into Moloch and, uh, you know, sacrifice of the kids and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of, of, uh, the subjects you wanted to stick to, but yeah, well, I mean, there's so many terms flying out there that that can be like unpacked or whatever. Right. So like, if you're, if you're talking about Christianity then, right. Like why, why in your opinion is Christianity like the default, like the good one and how, what, like, why is the dark side not acceptable? Because, um, so like, I don't know, I don't know what the right term is. Um, the, 
the purpose of the occultist is what leads me to believe that Christianity is the right faith. Because these people who I don't agree with, who are manipulative and deceitful, are trying their damnedest to destroy Christianity and not so much the other religions. Because it is an inversion of their belief system, which if you watch the uh, zeitgeist films, you'll see this. This attitude of, oh, Christianity is just based off of all these other gods that had the same story. And if you if you dig into it, like, no, that's not, it's just not true. Like, so lay out, lay out some, some of the things that Christianity says that's the inversion of what, like, the Illuminati believe or what Satanists or whatever believe. So, like, what are so, some of the, as an illustration? So... And, and and look, let me give you some background because I know I know half as half of you are probably rolling your eyes like Jesus. This guy is a truther until it comes to religion. Then he's all on board with the one of the biggest manipulations and controlling things in society. And and I get that. Like I get it. Put put your hand into my side, Isaac, and you shall believe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and my thing is that um, organized religion is made by man, inspired by God. Therefore, it is susceptible. It's, you know, anything of this world, of this material world, is susceptible to evil. Uh, you know, you look at the Catholics and all the, you know, they're covering up the diddling of little little kids. And Tell it's like, Jesus, it. come on. Ireland. What are you talking about? Should we, we, yeah. fucking, we, we grow them here. Yeah. So, like, it, I'm not here to defend organized religion, but the story of Jesus Christ. Um, and if you look at his teachings, a lot of the stuff, he came to rectify the message of God and a lot of the stuff that organized religion today wants to, you know, wants to fight for, like, uh, you know, anyway, I don't want to get into religious elements, but no, yeah, but I just mean some of the, some of the things like, like I always taught the Bible as an allegorical kind of a guideline for living a good life. Yeah. Also with like practical applications of like hygiene and sexual practices that are being, taken now as the gospel and imposed upon people by like conservative Christian right-wingers, uh, like stuff yeah. about abortion and all, but back, yeah. but in the Bible it says also like don't eat shellfish uh, you know, it's right. a sin because 3,000 years ago you couldn't keep shellfish fresh and if you ate it you get fucking <laughs> heinous diarrhea, so they're like I don't know, how are we going to make them not eat the prawns? They get the prawns and they f- shit everywhere <laughs> Put it in the book that God says you're not allowed to do. Put it in the book. Okay, we put no gayness, no prawns. Like that's that's yeah. the level of of my understanding. Totally, of how it works. Totally. And um, in Orthodoxy, we focus on New Testament when Jesus came. You know, because Jesus wasn't like, oh, don't eat the shellfish. He was just his message was just love. You know, you got to have empathy because back then uh, that was sort of a, a radical concept for people, or so the story goes that. Um, empathizing for one another was kind of difficult. It wasn't something they did. Uh, so to answer the question, the the ideas that Christianity provides that the, that the Illuminati doesn't like is that there's a good and there's an evil. And this is the crux of the whole argument here. Whereas the Gnostics and these Illuminati types, they believe that, well, sure, there's a good and there's evil, but the evil isn't bad. You don't avoid the evil. This is... Um, you know, and this goes into the arguments of Freud and Bernays and Carl Jung. They talked about the 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 uh, the id, the ego, and the superego, right? Well, you know, the superego is, and and I'm paraphrasing wildly, and I'm not a medical doctor or an expert on this, but the superego is kind of like the social norms and the constructs. 
and then the id is your like instinctual animalistic desires the and then in between brain. you yeah. the reptile brain and in, in between you got the ego which is your regulator that determines how much you know how much you abide by the rules and how much you break the rules and in the occult they say well you got to destroy the ego you got to get rid of that thing because the reality to them is there's no good there's no evil they're all i mean let me rephrase that there's good and there's evil but neither one is bad Carl Jung infamously said, I would rather be whole than be good. Because what he was saying is he wants to reconcile the opposites. He wants to embrace the good and the evil. And that's how these weirdos prove to each other how woke they are. Is And when, when you see stuff about, like, uh, you know, sacrificing little kids and, and, and raping people and, uh, you know, ritual sacrifice and feeding on the fear of, of, of little kids and all this crazy stuff that you're like, who in the hell would do this stuff? It's these people. Cause they're proving to each other how woke they are by saying like, look, there's no such thing as you. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this horrific thing. And, uh, you know, that's just, it's just the way it is. It is what it is, man. And this is what star Wars was talking about. Cause, cause he doesn't say, he, he's there to balance the force. He's not there to eliminate the dark side. He's there to balance it. Meaning he's embraced the whole spectrum of what is. And in their philosophy, that's what it's all about. It's about embracing the good and the evil. Evil isn't bad. That's a construct given to you from the Bible, um, from the, all the Abrahamic religions, essentially. But, but it's all the, uh, you know, Helena Blavatsky, Jack Parsons, Alice Bailey, Aleister Crowley, uh, all these guys, um, they, they all talk about how, the story of Christ and Christianity is the biggest problem. It's the lying hypocrisy. And it's because I think Christianity was, you know, it must be some essential element that is preventing people from being enlightened or evolving to the next step of where they want to take us. That's, that's to the best I could understand why that is. Do you, do you think that like, for my position, like I'm a Roman Catholic, uh, you know, I'm not born again Christian, but we've, you know, we read about the, the teachings of Jesus and, you know, the, the rules you're supposed to live by. And Roman Catholics particularly have a load of fucking crazy, stupid rules, do you know, about like times you can consume alcohol and you're not allowed to eat red meat on a Friday. It's only fish you're allowed to eat and this kind of stuff. And it's the same, like, you know, the Jewish people, that uh, you know, Saturday or Friday, depending on which... Uh, you know, you're not allowed to do anything. If you're a really religious Jew, like you can't even answer the phone or like touch anything electric, you know, on a Sunday. And like, there's all of these fucking crazy rules. Uh, I could I could say something really snarky now about like masks for protecting against Corona because it's just like, uh, you know, does it, you know, but it, it, there are these little arbitrary methods of control, you know, uh, death by a thousand cuts. It is placing a, a binary uh, uh, this is all just coming from the top of my head now so I'm trying to find the words it's placing a binary uh, a binary perception of how the world works in a human mind that shouldn't be split in two do you know what I'm saying like there's right. there's a there's a cognitive brain and there's a creative brain and both should work in harmony the left hand path you know, it's said to be, there has to be an evil and a good or a black and a white. Everything is in contrast. But like the soul, the human soul shouldn't be in contrast. It should be one and one with everything. And I think that creating 
whether it be Illuminati or Satanists or Christians, creating a, a paradigm of good and evil is still creating a contrast within the human soul in an effort to either control or to avoid or or push back against a control mechanism so that the human can feel free, happy, whole, you know, part of something, uh, which is what the soul is, like, uh, yearns for. They want to be Mm -hmm. connected. So if you choose Christianity, you give up a whole side of your life of all the bad things. No wanking, no drinking, no riding your wife's sister, no fucking prawns, no fucking up the arse. You know, no, there's all of these mad rules that you're not allowed to do, right? And in 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 exchange for that, you get to have a direct connection with God and you get to, you know, like, let him wash over you uh, and, and, and feel nice about yourself, which is kind of feeding your ego a little bit. Right, mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm a really good person, and God is rewarding me, or whatever. Is the opposite of that not making sk- making children scared, and then fucking them, and then drinking their blood? Like it's like people do such good things, and in an effort to counteract that, people do such awful, awful things. But it's all part of that that human journey, like that they're wanting to feel connected to a group of other people who feel the same way. If there was mm-hmm. no good or evil, if there was no black and white we'd all kind of feel that connection. I think that happens through like drugs, through, uh, you know, deep and meaningful conversations. You have like black dudes who go into, who, what's the name of the black dude who he, he um, converts a whole lot of KKK dudes by just like having a chat with them. And then they're like, oh, I had this whole like paradigm in my mind where like my blood was pure and your blood was dirty and blah, blah, blah. And, and now somehow like he, with words, he just kind of washed that away and your man is like, oh yeah, no, we're all sound. Do you know what I mean? Like even Christianity yeah, in its in its cre- in its system of control, you're, you're kind create- of saying it sort of forces people to the rails a little bit, and it keeps them from connecting. Is kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, but you're connected with everybody that's on your side of the rail, and that's enough yeah. for you because you feel like, oh yeah, no, I have so many people here. The army of Christ, like onward Christian soldiers, is the same with Muslims, where they're all like, we are all together, man. Let's fucking yeah, yeah boy, and let's like yeah. go around in a circle around a big black stone and like hit each other on the heads with swords, and then like, you know, fucking, uh, you know, pull pull a, a an infidel apart by the limbs or something like that and then like just don't eat for like a whole month like whatever gets you to feel connected to other people if there's enough people doing it they'll do that shit do you know like Jonestown or or the Manson family like if there's other people doing it you're like yeah this is okay yeah we have a real uh, there's like a real sort of tribalism that we all want to be a part of a group yeah and the and here's here's the fucked up kind of thing is like a lot of the new age concepts, a lot of these ideas of the sort of collective unconsciousness and the sort of, you know, if you, if you read, there's a guy named uh, father Seraphim Rose, he was an Orthodox monk who wrote a book in the sixties, talk about orthodoxy and the new religion of the future. And he was basically a conspiracy theorist back in his day. And he saw the writing on the wall about how this was all going to go down, how science fiction was going to lead us down this path of uh, the ecumenical ecumenicalism where in, in his argument, which, which I could see, he says that the reason you have all these new age ideas, these ideas of like, well, all religions are kind of right. It's all the same. God is because it's watering down Christianity. It's diluting the effectiveness of it is what he claimed. Right. And, and it's hard for me because I, I, I read some of these new age things. I, 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 I'm really interested in Buddhism a lot and yeah, 
I meditate, right? And a lot of those things are very helpful to me. And I think, man, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to really put my flag in, in the ground and say, nope, Orthodox Christianity is the, the, the only thing that can possibly be true. But according to a lot of the doctrine, like, that's that's the truth about it. And ecumenicalism and the pluralism and all these ideas of that you see very prevalent. A lot of people say they're spiritual now. They're not religious. And they pick and choose bits of everything. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm a... I'm a I do yoga, Buddhist, Hindu, Christian meditation and all this stuff. And what I think is happening, there's, there's sort of parallels because you talked about the, uh, the idea of like fasting, right? And in the Orthodox church, we just got done with a, a giant fast and like the Orthodox fast is uh, pretty hardcore. If you follow it to the T to the, um, how much you're supposed to do you know, you're, you're abstaining from a lot basically for the 40 days. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm too weak to do it, but the, the, um, the idea there, it runs in parallel with a lot of these occult new agey, um, sort of concepts. And it goes back to, again, you gotta, you gotta look to the history to know the future. It goes back to these Dionysian and Apollonian rituals where basically what people did was, um, they were trying to make contact with the gods, with the divine, they call it. So they would practice certain things. They would, they would abstain from meat. They would abstain from sex. They would abstain from, uh, you know, dancing and, and rhythmic things. Or on the other hand, like they would loose. like footloose. Yeah. Exactly. They know what they were doing. Yeah, man. Um, the, the, uh, the symbolism in footloose, man. We should, we should go through that shit. Oh, look at that, I like, should. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen it in freaking 20 years, 30 years. You'll not dance but, in this town. Come on, John, let's go. <laughs> Calm down. Just have a dance, man. <laughs> but but the, but the idea is you can either and then on the other hand you overload on all those things you you do the drugs you, you you've got the drumming trance and all these things but both methods of making contact with the divine and it's very similar to what the Christian faith prescribes and 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 what a lot of people and and I went through this too I was in a book club at my church and we were reading all these books about monks and how they would live and how you know, you weren't supposed to do this and you can't do that. And, you know, you can't even have a little finger in your butt because God forbid, you know, all this crazy, all this stuff. And it's like, I'm like, God damn, like, I can't do nothing. Like all the, all these things, like I can't do anything. Like what, what kind of life is this? Yeah. But what they're saying is like, this is the prescribed and it's kind of, it's kind of like CrossFit, right? We're going to bring this into CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. You go to CrossFit the and they got the CrossFit, sure. That's my other cult. And they'll say, okay, here's your prescribed workout. You got to do, you know, 135 pound push jerks and this and that and the other. And then you go in there and think, Jesus, I can't do 135 pounds. And it's like, well, that's fine. You don't have to do that. That's the prescribed method of you want to, you know, build up. So you're going to go down to 95 pounds until you're ready. You know, a year or two from now, you'll go up to the 135. And it's just a prescribed way of living. You don't have to, there's no shame behind it. We live in a, a, a world where we shame ourselves to death. Um, and I don't know how much that's like human nature, but the idea is that, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at a prescribed way of doing things. It's not a one size fits all approach. There's plenty of people out there that are violating the rules on the daily and trying to get right with God and, and asking for forgiveness and trying to get on the right path to do the right things. It's not like Jesus came and said, well, 
the the prostitute ain't gonna make it. She ain't gonna make the cut. Like, no, that's not what he did. Like, he came and, and said the opposite, and and uh, was kind of shitting on the people that were mean to the prostitute. Right? He said the opposite. As long as she was willing to repent and change her ways, <laughs> she couldn't stay okay. a prostitute and Fair be enough. cool with Jesus. That's the crack. Enough, this is the thing. So what I'm what I'm thinking is from watching from because I want to take apart this Illuminati Satanism thing because like I'm not totally like off the reservation. Uh, we'll talk about Satan now and, and see what you think. But as yeah. far as like organized religion, Christianity, like these devout religions go. And if you take the other side to do as thou wilt, like fucking taking a, like Alistair Crowley, like taking like a 20 year old lad out into the desert and and fucking the arse off him until he was he, until lit, he literally went insane. He went insane. Like he, came, he came back out of the out of the desert in Egypt and your man was like, oh, I, ha I had so much sex with him. He's gone crazy. Right. Uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I had to do that. It was part of a magic ritual. Like those things that people do, getting fucking bananas drunk, taking loads of drugs, doing loads of DMT, doing loads of ecstasy, uh, LSD, um, getting involved with like, you know, crazy habitual sex addiction or, uh, you know, f food, overeating and all of these things that are like base physical desires. They're also counteracted by stuff like people who get absolutely fascinated with meditation, who go way too deep. You talk about that in your uh, one of your most recent books, The Dark Path, getting lost in the abyss. You know, when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you. You go so far into the meditation game, um, trying to shed the ego, which is the 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 kind of the Buddhist way, like you have to walk through the field of shit, the samsara, and you have to recognize that you're a human, but in order to achieve enlightenment which is the freedom from like personal regret, the freedom from, you know, the inner voice, the self-talk that will reduce you down to your physical form. You can be a spiritual being, you can be connected with God, like all of those things, be they virtuous and religious, like prayer or fasting or meditation or, or eating fucking loads of McDonald's or eating, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of tablets and getting fucked up every single day. All of those things are just a way to get out of your human body, to feel different from a corporeal form, to be closer to God or whatever yeah. you feel God is. Like both of those things are looking at the same res end result, which is satisfaction, mm -hmm. feeling of connection. Why is the propaganda around one better than the mm -hmm. other? One is seen yeah. as virtuous and good and the other one is marked as evil. But in the Christian religion, Muslims are evil. And back, mm -hmm. back and forth, there was fucking wars fought for hundreds of years because like even in Ireland, we had like a, a you know, a, a terror, like terrorist activity and a kind of a civil war over a really minute difference in the beliefs of the Christian church, like a couple mm -hmm. of little different things. And then people were fucking blowing up hotels over it because they believed in a slightly different religion. Like, is it not just an identity that you want to conform to, to be involved with people? And whatever those activities are will get you closer to God. That's mm -hmm. a religion from the person outwards. And then the people who run the religion from the religion inwards, it's a method of control of your populace. And they use practical applications of their religious beliefs to ensure their success and their either financial or, you know, uh, uh, like f physical enrichment, whether they buy land, like the Christian church owns more land than anybody on, on the planet. Like Scientology is very quickly catching up. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a real estate game. They're buying the, the richest 
buildings in the richest land and they have the money and they don't have to pay taxes like they're buying it all up you know christianity said mm. like you're not allowed to use condoms you're not allowed to use birth control because we want you to fuck and make more christians please <laughs> Do you know we need more people yeah. in the religion to make it stronger so like these rules from the inside out you're looking to be with god and from the outside in they're looking for you to stay a man yeah and, and that goes back to and i don't i don't subscribe to a lot of the dogma uh which you know is frowned upon heavily in in my faith mm. because i think that uh you know like i said before it's we're in this material realm where where uh satan resides and a lot of these, I mean, look, we, we, we go to war with people and like, we're killing kids and we're doing all this shit. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm more of like a, I kind of more viewed Jesus as like a hippie, which I don't know if that's just out of my personal selfishness. Cause I, that's more of me and who I am. It's I'm more of a, Hey, let's all get along kind of guy. And however that works out is how I want it to work out. And you know, if you watch Stephen Greer, his latest close encounters of the fifth kind, which I always shit on and I don't shit on Steven Greer, but I kind of poke fun at him. I'm talking about channeling meditating yeah. channeling de- aliens in the desert. Why can't like, we do it for free? If it's meditation, why can't we do it for free? <laughs> yeah. Greg Carroll would held his feet to the fire over that shit, man. And Steven got pissed. Yeah. That was a, that was the, I told, I, I, Greg, I was like, dude, that was the best episode yeah, you've ever done. I loved it. And he got, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know if he thought maybe it was, shouldn't have went that way or something, but I thought, man, I don't know. I thought they were both, they were both respectfully disagreeing. I thought, I don't think <laughs> yeah. anyone else. For an hour and a half. Yeah. Like Greg and, wouldn't let it go. But like yeah. Steve, Steve is but, charging for that thing. Cause he's like, if you come to me, I'll mm-hmm. be your conduit to talk to what yeah, you believe is God, which is an alien or whatever. That's essentially what he's doing. Right. Cause I looked it up too. Cause, and, and I've always thought Greer was kind of a nut job. And, and I watched the close encounters of the fifth. I said, you know, this guy's making a lot of sense now. Cause like he was into sort of like this, you know, hippie, let's all get along attitude and how, you know, the world is deceptive to get us to fight with one another. And that's kind of something I believe in. And I thought, man, maybe he's right. And I looked it up and yeah, sure enough, man, and, and trips out there with Dr. Greer, a few grand each with, and, but like, it's enticing because you're like, well, shit, I want to see the UFOs. I'll, I mean, if you guarantee me, I'll see a UFO for 3000 bucks, I'll pay it. You know, cause I, I want to know. You don't see it. You just feel it. <laughs> that's the thing yeah. you don't see it it's in your mind's eye it's like you're yeah. you're connecting to them and and to be honest if i had paid three and a half grand to see an alien and then it was brought through meditation i'd be like and someone asked me at the end like did you see the alien yeah i did yeah for three and a half grand i fucking did like you'd, yeah. you'd just be like you'd convince yourself like yeah fuck it like i did yeah, yeah i did i right. saw something i don't know what it was a bit, a bit of a sunken cost thing it's yeah, like uh you, know, you spend the money of course you, you're gonna be like oh greatest thing ever loved it of course but um so yeah the uh we, we, get go, into, go we, get, we want to talk about uh, uh satan and and yeah like specifically in in the follow-up answer to the fucking huge ass question that i asked like who is satan and why do you why have you got like <laughs> why have you got a bad attitude towards my boy lucifer no, why why are you why are you so adamant that it, it is the dark path, it is the the the, the left hand path, the wrong way? Um mm-hmm. is it because it's manipulating people? Because Christians do that the Christian church does that yeah. too. Like where yeah. where where is Satan on your barometer of awfulness? <laughs> what do you understand as Satan? Uh, I love it, dude. This is great. Um so 
when I started this journey back in, I wrote my first book, A Grand Unified Conspiracy Theory, which I, you know, anyone's first work, they're not too proud of. And I, I fit into that camp where I, I kind of looked through what I wrote in the first book. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Just George Lucas's, man. Game. Just keep going back and changing it, man. It'll be grand. Oh, there we go. That's yeah, what I should do. George Lucas, that shit. And, and I, you know, I started off with, you know, saying like, look, I was born and raised a Christian, but I'm not a good one. I have lots of doubts and problems with it. Um, and, uh, what I didn't like at the time was a lot of the videos I've seen back. This is back in, of course, YouTube's heyday of conspiracy. A lot of the videos would always be like, look at this dark thing happening and look at this thing happening. It was real interesting. I'd be like, Oh wow, what's this? And then, and then it'd be like, now you, now you got to join God, come find me and come to my church. No, and I was always like, come on, man, stop I, it with the sales pitch. I got stung on those like, and the mark of the beast, if you don't have it, you shall buy nor sell and all this stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, uh, I'm going to fucking put microchips in this man. It's like, come uh, to, come to the Arkansas Christ Church of the Immaculate <laughs> Seventh Adventist Day of Rest. And you're like, yeah. oh, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, it's like they, they, they would hook me until they went into this sort of uh, sales pitch. And, and I kind of wrote the book and I thought, okay, here's my, here's my attempt to separate the two because I hate it when they always tie religion into this idea of the Illuminati. And over the years, it, it, it sort of culminated to the, me writing The Dark Path where I came to the the uh, I came to the conclusion that you can't separate the two because if you want to talk about who's the Illuminati, when you get into it, when you find out the power structure, when you find out there's a control system, you can't find that without seeing the occult dogma behind it and the occult dogma behind it, behind the Freemasons, behind the Rosicrucians, the Kabbalists, all these people, it always goes to Lucifer as the savior. It always does 100% of the time. Not in country music, uh, Bush. Non-country music. I don't listen to country music, so I can't testify yeah. to that. But Helena Blavatsky talked, I mean, they all talk about it, right? Blavatsky said that Satan uh, is is actually, of course, the enemy of God, but in reality, Satan is the highest divine spirit, and this is the occult wisdom on earth. And that's that's what inspired all of the things the conspiracy world looks at, like the whole idea of NASA and the Nazis, of course, goes back to Jack Parsons, who was working with Crowley, and Jack Parsons says, I'm the Antichrist, and I'm gonna I'm here to get rid of the lying hypocrisy of Christianity. And Crowley said, I'm here to bring in the Aeon of Horus, the new age, uh, the age of the crown and conquering child. And basically, uh, all the old gods will be will be no longer. And uh, every man and woman will be a star. It's this it's they have this obsession with if you could boil it down to like a short argument, what they want is for man to enlighten him or herself and abandon the old ways, the, the religious control systems and find Lucifer as the, the saving, the source of savior that much like the story of Prometheus stealing the flame from the gods and giving it to man. That's the technology through technology, through man's own abilities, we will evolve man into the next stage, the transhuman, and man will become God, and their prophecies will be fulfilled, that man can be God, much like 
the serpent told Adam and Eve, you can be like gods if you just follow me. And they believe in that. They think, well, you know, God built this prison planet that we're on and we're going to get out of it. We're going to get, we're going to find using Lucifer's inspiration and technology. We're going to find a way out of this prison. And that's, what's going to give us the transhuman, which is going to start out as a sort of supplementing technology, augmenting the human form, but ultimately ends in the destruction of man, which is what you see all these, when you, when you research a lot of the Illuminati ideas, you always find this death cult obsession of killing people and nihilism and all this stuff because they genuinely want to destroy mankind and not in the sense of like, Oh, we want to nuke everybody and everyone's gone. No, they want to evolve mankind and have a man-made God, which is going to be digital consciousness. Uh, everything points to that. Everything I ever see points to this thing. And we keep going down the tracks of this thing of the transhuman movement, Moore's law, increasing computational power, the idea of avatars. I mean, COVID is a prime example. I mean, this has conditioned us. I remember when COVID started, I was like in complete shock. I was like, I was all of a sudden I was working from home for my day job. Mm. And I was like, this sucks. How am I going to do this? I can't do my job from home. And like slowly it's like, Oh, I think I could do this. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm never going back in the office. I don't want to see those losers again. All it takes is time. And anyone can get conditioned. It takes time. time. Yeah. And, 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 and COVID but they're using new terms like the new normal and stuff like that. Like it's, it's having, like having it. celebrities coming out and like endorsing, you know, oh. uh, uh, passive behaviors to just accept this new normal. This, you said, the, you said the term prison planet. Like if, if the whole point was to get enlightened enough so that we can get off this prison planet, where do we go? If watching we, any we documentary, stars. yeah, but if watching any documentary about like Pablo Escobar or El Chapo, would it not be better to be the fucking king of the prison and just stay <laughs> in the prison and just have everything? Yeah, you want, I mean, maybe all your base desires then, satisfied, and then everybody else is a prisoner as well. But like you're the the most powerful prisoner. I think that's probably Perhaps. the problem you have with the Satanists or the Illuminati, the people that you call like these celebrities, these very high powered politicians. They know that we're in this is the difference is they know we're in a prison. They know that we're being controlled because they're the ones doing it, but they just want to be the fucking Pablo Escobars. They want to go, uh, okay, I won't go to your prison, but I create my own prison, which is really just a house and I fill it with like drugs and prostitutes and a swimming pool and a tennis court and have a really good time. But let's call it a prison, quote unquote. Um, and mm -hmm. I live this way and then you guys can live whatever way you want and do what I say. Like it's, it's the, 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 the Luciferian way seems to be a shortcut to get the, the physical benefits of being a human on this planet. Whereas the other way is like Christianity is told, like, do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. Like, everything is a fair system. Keep everybody on the same level. Whereas Luciferian is mm -hmm. like, fuck that. Make money. Fuck bitches. To the window, yeah. to the wall. The sweat drips from my balls. <laughs> this is my shit. I'm taking mine. I'm Gary V in this motherfucker. Like, whatever I want, I get. And anybody that doesn't believe that can fuck off and go get a job, you know, picking up rubbish somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are people yeah, who will take... 
and people who won't. Yeah, there's there's levels to this shit, as they say. The um, you talk about the the wealth that some people get, especially like the celebrities, the entertainers, and we all know like all these celebrities and entertainers, they go nuts. Why do they go nuts? Why do they do it? I mean, we go through a laundry list, but your audience knows it. I think it's because there's they get they get in just close enough to see that they're involved with the Luciferian element. Uh, like for instance, you've got these handlers in the entertainment industry and they, they approach Justin Bieber as a kid and say, Hey, um, so we're going to, we're going to pass you around and uh, do some, <laughs> some violating things to you. Yeah. And, uh, but you're going to get this big contract and you and your family, you're, you're loaded down for life. And they think, and, and, and I'm making that up. I don't know if that happened. I assume, I, I assume it happened based on tons time. of evidence that this stuff always happens and, and his breakdowns much like Britney Spears and all this stuff. Yeah. So all these people get treated terribly, but you're so desperate for it that you're willing to do it. Cause you're like, I mean, uh, yeah, but I could be set for life. I could be a God on this earth. Cause that's what the handlers are here to do is to, you know, we used to be, Everyone used to be a pagan, uh, used to be a pagan society where we believed in a pantheon of gods, right? And we got rid of that essentially with Abrahamic religions. And now our modern day gods that are worshipped are these celebrities and entertainers. They get treated as such. They get admired as such. Uh, for sure, that's what happens. Let me let me so talk how... there. Then you said the pantheon of gods, like the Greek gods, Zeus, and all these guys. The the reason that that got stopped, the reason that diluted away was because those gods came down and started fucking all the people and having demigods and semigods and they diluted their mm. their godliness by pumping <laughs> yeah. pumping their muck into good looking young ones, young Greek young ones. Do you know what I mean? They were coming uh. down and going like, hey, you know, uh, I'm a god. Let me get it in for a second. Like, oh, okay, you're a god. Let me take off my yeah, target. Right. Like, that shit was happening. Not because yeah. they just stopped believing in the gods, because the gods were like, well, I'm jealous of humans getting to live a human life and having love and loss and experience and all that stuff. I can't have that because I'm immortal. I can't experience time. I, You know, things don't fit, like uh, uh, sugar does not taste as sweet if there's no mm. there's no gamble in losing that sugar. Like it's like mm. if you only get it once in a while, it, it's so much more delicious so if yeah. you have everything, nothing is worth anything because you have everything. You start looking for those more extremes. So the gods of, of, of Olympus were like no no more than like the Archons. I know you're a fan of David Icke and you hear talk about that kind of stuff. Like uh the Archons are are the djinn or the you know, the alien the aliens that are about to come down and take over the planet, like, you know, Operation Bluebeam or what have you. Um those guys live outside of time and space. They're, they don't have a corporeal form. They're jealous of us humans who get to live a linear timeline, who experience love and loss and emotions and, you know, base instincts and feelings and all this kind of stuff. And we are made from their spirit in our bodily form. So we still feel we have a connection with that God. So when you say to somebody like, uh, the Luciferian way is to act like you yourself are a God, but somewhere deep inside you are trapped in a human's body. So if you go too far into it, just like if you go too far into like, you know, uh, uh, meditation, you kind of lose a bit of yourself. If you go too far into satisfying yourself with delicious foods, you fucking die early of gout or heart disease. Like if you're doing anything too much, 
you're going to get lost in it. So like the Luciferian idea of picking somebody like Justin Bieber and saying, I, for, for your talent, in exchange for your, quote unquote, your, your soul, we will give you everything that a human being can have on this planet right now. Anything you would ever want, money, like fame, notoriety, sex, anything you ever, ever wanted, you can have it. All you have to do is just let us be your handlers, let us you, you do what you're told and you can have mm-hmm. that. So that's mm-hmm. the reward at the highest level. And at the lowest, lowest level where someone is a piece of shit, they're like a bum on the street, no relatives, no skills, no job, no teeth, no shoes, like they're fucked, but they're still happy because they know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. So it's okay now to suffer now because when I go to heaven, I'll have the, the peace. But the thing is, most people would choose to have it now. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Luciferian thing is. It's like, I want it now while I'm alive. I don't want to wait yeah. until I'm gone and joined back with God. And also, th- that's a Christian thing where it's like, you can't have it now. You can only have it after you die. And yeah. there is no other God except for God. You are not a God. Don't think you're a God. There's no God in, in you at all. You're a human. And don't enjoy yourself. You can only enjoy yourself after you die. Do, do, do you see like the correlations between those? Yeah. Like, like I think the Luciferian idea yeah. is like, uh-huh. have it now. Yeah. Yeah, it is exactly have it now. It's a sort of embrace the material world. Do uh, that wilt. You talk about the South. Yeah. And, and, and Crowley was talking about, so the do what thou wilt stuff, if you dig into Crowley, what he was saying was we all have a, what they call in the alchemist, the personal legend, the universal, uh, draw that some, something in the universal that, uh, what do you call it? Like a true purpose, your true will. And he says, do what thou wilt means you need to find what your true purpose is, your personal legend, and pursue it at all costs. At all costs. doesn't matter. There's no such thing as good and evil. There's no right or wrong. You pursue the thing you're supposed to do with full intensity. Nothing should stop you. Gary V says the same shit, Which is, shit, of course, bro. dangerous. <laughs> Who Gary, says that? Gary V says the same shit. He's on Instagram oh, yeah. just being like, follow your dream. Follow your dream. If you got to go out there, you got to hit up, you got to buy, you buy some shit, buy some masks, sell it, buy them for 50 cents, sell them for $2. You follow your dream, you make millions. Like Gary Vee is out there doing that <laughs> shit. Do, do as you yeah, will. You'll fuck everybody. You are the most important and, thing. And you're, and you're right in the sense that like all of these ideas that we're talking about, there's, there's merit to it. So long as you don't lose yourself in it. Yeah. And, and, um, as far as like the Faustian pact, you know, Bieber was breaking down crying a couple months ago because he felt bad for Billie Eilish on, on a camera on during an interview. He's, he's sitting there bubbling and boobing about Billie Eilish and he feels bad for her. And like, I don't know what people think when they see that, when I see that, I think he's crying because he had to sell his soul on some level, whatever we want to define that as to make this happen. And he knows Billie Eilish did the same thing. Maybe. And I've got, I, I I've got you, shows on Billie Eilish because she's very connected. I count you on that one. I don't think Billie Eilish sold her soul in the same way that Justin Bieber did. I think Billie Eilish is super smart and she's really plugged in, clued in, and she knew the game before the game started in her life. Like she wore all those baggy clothes because so. she knew that them titties were growing in. 
she knew that that shit was happening and she was going to be sexualized. So she wore a bunch of baggy clothes to be like, I'm not going to let that be a part of my identity because I know that's a huge part of the of the the machine that pumps people out. Oh man, what's going on with the fucking internet, bro? My internet, we're telling. I got too much, you. I got tell, you back on. I'm telling too much truth here, man. The internet keeps on ducking out. And <laughs> that never happens, on us, bro. That fucking never happens. Oh really? Never. It's only when I'm live streaming with people. Like the last, any time it happened, it's when you're talking with some real shit and the fucking internet switches off. <laughs> Billy yeah. Eilish, man. Billy Eilish knew what she was doing. She knows the business. She she was watching it for a really long time, and um, you know her family's connected. She knows all the people that are in her. Yeah. They were like, okay, listen, your your mom's got big knockers. You want to cover them, cover them pups up because the next thing that there's going to be like, you know, people taking pictures of you sexualizing. Yeah, we don't want you to be another Miley Cyrus or whatever. Like, and she's like, yeah, sound. So she wore like a load of big clothes and uh, she doesn't use her body as a marketing tool. It's all about the music. And I think that's really admirable. Like mm-hmm. She 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 knows more what she's doing than Justin Bieber, who was like, you know, in like string vest, like biting his bottom lip and all. And they didn't really know that he was creaming knickers all over the world. He was just told to do it. And he did it. And he feels, probably yeah. feels real bad about it. That's why he looks like a, like a homeless golf caddy now. Like he's fucking, he looks <laughs> like he got, he got, he got uh, fired for a porno because he set himself on fire on set. Like that's, it's weird. Like everything is singed and weird mustache and it's just, um, yeah. I think uh, your your book, The Dark Path, talks about the occult symbolism in uh, Hollywood, uh, in movies, in music. Um, what are some of the, the, the most like glaringly obvious examples? I read a part of one of the chapters about uh, Lady Gaga, uh, which I thought oh, was right. really, yes. really sick. Like, I think she's a fucking, a real dark motherfucker. Like, yeah, for sure. She's, um. She's very curious. She's got, I've been, I've been sort of hyper-focused on her for years. I've got, I've got so many articles on her. I've got, I sort of compiled a uh, best of article that has everything about all of her, the symbolism that she's ever done. But yeah, she got her start with, uh, she was working with another female singer that looked very similar named Lena Morgana. Mm. And they had a very sort of similar look, but not sound. Then Lena Morgana strangely dies and all of a sudden Lady Gaga shoots up uh, on the charts and becomes a, a household name shortly after. Now, what was curious was that her mom or Lena Morgana's mom said that Lady Gaga was holding her soul and uh, she wants her daughter's soul to be free. Yeah, well, like, what does that mean? It's like exactly? some shit like <laughs> like Thanos like drops Lena Morgan off the side of the cliff to fill up the soul stone because he needs it you know for, it sounds like that yeah, kind I, don't of want, I haven't watched the Avengers I didn't uh, know that happened that's curious yeah that's it's that's, too long for me man I don't, I don't like those superhero <laughs> movies <laughs> so much symbolism bro you want to get it that's your next book tell you um I know I I start I, I was keeping up with all the superhero stuff but like I just it's not my thing I like horror movies and occult movies and yeah. uh, you know once they started that. putting out these three hour things I'm like oh brother yeah. give me a break and I I dropped off but anyway yeah so uh, so Lady Gaga she um and what was curious was that what I found and what I talked about in the book briefly was that. Lena Morgana was also on a TV show about ghost stories. Well, okay, let me clarify this. I'm trying to make sense of this. So it was like a ghost stories with celebrities, and Gina Gershon was telling a story about how she was in this haunted hotel. Yeah. And when she's doing the flashback part of the episode, that's Lena Morgana pretending, you know, acting her. Yeah, please. Okay, so yeah, Gershon, she um, uh, 
she was telling her ghost story about this haunted hotel she was in. Okay. Which is one thing, right? Whatever. Well, then years later, Lady Gaga is on American Horror Story Hotel, a whole show about a haunted hotel. Brilliant series. Now, the connection here, yeah, it was actually really good. The connection here is Lena Morgana, she died um, by falling to her death. On the American Horror Story Hotel, Lady Gaga, who plays a vampire, by the way, who's who's eat, drinking blood to stay alive longer, which is very uh, analogous to what we could argue these occult uh, Illuminati people are doing on the fucking nose, man. Pretty much. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, David, Icke talks a lot about the vampire Draco connections and constellation of Draco. And it seems very far out there, but like a lot of it makes sense to me. Sure when you see um, pictures of Lady Gaga at Marina Abramovich parties and she's like drinking yeah. blood from like some weird cake that looks like a human being like that's yeah. fucking yeah, she, weird. She was doing the Abramovich method. Yeah. Uh, she was, working with Abramovic to do what they call the method. And it was like this weird sort of trance, like meditation state. I don't know what they were doing. They're out in the woods, putting on horns and doing weird shit. Um, and trying she to, had trying this to get in weird, touch with God, trying to do that meditation to get into that. Yeah. God space. Yeah. To get that yeah trying to, trying to, trying to, uh, be subsumed by the divine. Yeah. And, and she, she was doing these weird sort of like satanic prayers and, and she, she had all these like, these nightmares at the time. Uh, I think what she would, she had done was she had been too close to evil. If we wanted to just simplify it. And, you know, she shows you there's like, uh, there's a video called paparazzi where she shows again, herself falling to her death from the building, just like Lena Morgana did in real life. Uh, it's also in American horror story hotel. Uh, lady Gaga sends this lady off the side of the hotel to her death. Um, so the argument here obviously is that Lady Gaga knows about Lena Morgana's death falling from the hotel and she sort of made the Faustian pact. Don't ask me the mechanics of how that works exactly, but, uh, there's some kind of connection between the two. And then you talked about Abramovich with the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Spirit cooking event. Mm -hmm. Well, that's again tied into the Gnostic mass of Aleister Crowley. He has what they call the cakes of light. Uh, I'm sure your audience probably is very familiar with this. Very. And it's it's Delicious. basically a communion. <laughs> it's a communion made with the uh, the blood of uh, another person. Some claim that semen is included in it's it. Semen to now, taste. Was, it's just it's, <laughs> to taste. Yeah. Just a, just a touch. And. Lady Gaga released a perfume called Fame, and in that perfume, she literally said there was blood and semen in it. Yeah, like I don't uh, know if she like uh, being what's her name from but, Goop. What's her name? Uh, um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. She's uh, like, here's my pussy candle. Like it's the same yeah. shit. They're just like smell my box, you know, be under my spell. <laughs> like this is the fucking. Tell them all about it, the conspiracy guys. It's so weird, man. Lady Gaga is one of the weirdest people in real Absolutely. life that I've ever seen. She did that documentary, Five Foot Two. Did you watch that? I did. I did because there was claims being made that, uh, and don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe what the article was saying was that she was quoted as saying something about how she shouldn't have sold her soul, and that's why she was having these fibromyalgia pains. Yeah. And I actually watched the whole thing looking for that exact quote, and they, they sort of 
extrapolated upon what she said. It wasn't exactly what, what she said. It wasn't a, a word for word quote, but that was the feeling. No. Also, there was a definite um, retconning of her origin story, of her history. There was no mentions of Lena Morgana. Even when she was singing like in front of her grandmother, her grandmother was like, is this bitch for real? Like on camera going like, <laughs> what? Why is she so sad about her auntie who she never met dying? And this is what promoted all her stuff. It's like, you know that movie yesterday? Did you watch that movie? No, I haven't. It's about a guy who uh, he gets into an accident when all the lights go out on the planet all at one time. And it's like this, you know, fantasy movie. Uh, he falls off his bike and bangs his head. And when he wakes back up, all the lights come back on and the Beatles have never existed. So he starts singing the songs of the Beatles and everybody's like, oh my God, it's the best song I've ever heard. And he's like, yeah, the Beatles wrote it. And they're like, what? I've never heard of it. Who the fuck are the Beatles? And he's like, uh, nobody. Uh, back in a minute. And he goes and he tries to write down and record all the songs. He becomes like the biggest selling artist in the world on somebody else's songs. And... Uh, the whole thing is like he's trying to retcon the origins of all these songs like uh, uh, Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane and Abbey Road. So he had never been to those places. So he had to go and visit them. And then when he came back, he's like, here's a song I wrote about Penny Lane uh, when I was walking in this graveyard. Penny Lane, there is a river. So, But he couldn't write it legitimately unless he had that origin story of the song because it wasn't the truth. And that's the big feeling I got from Lady Gaga, that she was trying to create this thing, no more than Beyonce, I think, and Jay-Z cheating on her with fucking Becky with the good hair. It's like, I don't believe that. I think that she needed something to write an album about. And it's like, let's write a concept album that Jay-Z cheated on me and Jay-Z's like uh, personality and his, his, you know, his business interests are robust enough to withstand like everyone thinking that he cheated on me because the, the demographics of the customers don't overlap. So like the Beyonce people are, hey, Jay-Z, now we're never buying this stuff anyway. And he's still a, a billionaire and she's a billionaire. And do you know what I mean? Like that it was all manufactured just to make content. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's claims that they made that fight up in the elevator to cover for, um, they made that all up because Solange is actually mentally unstable uh, you know, MK Ultra, maybe I don't know, right. but that, she that's, was launching that's her career the, at that point. She had a like a, a yeah. her own album out, and it was like a a publicity stunt. I I heard. Yeah, but um, well, I do want I don't want to I don't want to get off the Lady Gaga quite yet because yeah, yeah, there's sorry. a connection here that I think will be very uh very valuable for people. She talked about in American Horror Story. Uh, she's talked about how everyone's got a shadow side that they have to feed. Okay. Right. And, and this, this is a very important component of this because in my book, the dark path, we talked about the, uh, uh, the symbolism, right? The purpose of the symbolism, you know, Carl Jung thought that, you know, you pump these symbols out, it talks to the subconscious and the subconscious is also the way to make contact with sort of another dimension through the shadow self. Um, now this concept of a shadow self that, that Lady Gaga talks about is also talked about by Kobe Bryant in his kids books. Um, when he died, I knew nothing about Kobe Bryant. I don't watch sports could care less, but when he died, you know, this is a huge event obviously. And I thought, okay, let me look into it. And I looked into it 
And I saw that he had written some kids books and I thought, that's weird. Why is he writing kids books? But whatever. So I actually read a couple of them and was shocked because the, the, okay. So there's a long conversation. I'll keep it brief. He basically created this multimedia studios called Granity. And the reason it's called Granity is because in this fictitious world that he made up, Grana means it's magic. Okay. Obviously magic being a very important element in the occult doctrine here. But one of the stories, the both, both stories have the same vibe of a kid wants to be a great athlete. The kid has to make a deal with, with the devil on some level. And then it has unintended consequences. And on the one book, the kid makes a deal with a God that they literally call the fallen one. I mean, they don't call it the devil or Lucifer, but it's called the fallen one, which obviously is Lucifer. And I I believe that one is a a young girl. She makes a deal to the fallen God gets these abilities, but as she's sort of, um, you know, in these sporting events, I, I don't think she's basketball. I think she, her story was something else. The other version is a boy who wants to play basketball. It's very similar, but she does these sporting events and finds that her shadow self comes out and is the actual performer. And she kind of like fades to black yeah. on some levels. We talked about and, that. Uh, like Beyonce has Sasha fierce, which is her alter yeah. ego. And it's, uh, it's very closely related to like MK ultra mind control techniques where they're like, okay, I'm performance mode. Um, yeah, Beyonce said Sasha comes and takes over her, and yeah, and she's the one performing, and that's you know all the all these all these celebrities are telling us the same exact story over and over if you know what to look for. But have you not ever got into the flow state? Have you not ever gone into it? Like, have you done a stage show or a live show where there's like an, an there's a, a a flow of energy between yourself and the audience? Like, I did stand up for years. I I I, I was a musician for years. I I have done loads of live shows with those conspiracy guys. And fuck, man, you come off stage and you and you don't. Like, you're like, what even happened? I was out of my body there. Like, what was I even saying? You don't remember what was going on yeah. because you're in that flow state. It's almost like you know when Jimi Hendrix is playing like uh, solos yeah. and he puts his hand up straight in the air and he's like, <laughs> like he's fucking sucking down the, the you know the internet of the universe, and then he just goes okay, and it just programs all the notes into him. And he starts playing a mad solo. Have you ever felt that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know, I know what the feeling is. It's a, a sort of I I don't know if meditative state's the right word, but yeah, it's almost, it, it's almost like you get out of your, your mind for a bit. And, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that's the shadow side they speak of. Uh, they, in the book that it warns of this, like the shadow version of the girl is like damn near kills the competitors. And she's kind of like worried and she's like, oh, my God, like, this is kind of dangerous. This is what I wanted, but I don't want to, like, hurt people. Yeah. But, you know, the story progresses. And at the end, I don't you know, spoiler alert, if you wanted to read Kobe Bryant's kids books. But he, um, they all at the end, no. th- this is the crazy shit, right? And this is what it blew my mind. And I about, my jaw dropped when I read it. The daughter, she gets back home from the sports camp thing that she goes to. And she goes into this hall where she made the deal with the fallen god. And she goes around the corner and there's her uncle worshiping the fallen God. And she looks at her uncle and the uncle looks at her and, and she's like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing here? And what do you, why are you like worshiping him? I thought he was like the bad guy. And the uncle basically tells the girl like, you know, evil isn't such a bad thing. I'm paraphrasing. Mm. That's essentially what he tells her. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I know people said this guy was a bad guy, but really not. Evil's not so bad. Uh, that's just a construct, and that's how the book ends. And like you're telling me that no, like nobody saw this, like nobody read this book, and how was many, like, how many hey. hands did that pass through? I, I I just couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted, and um, and then like I said, I read I read his other book and it was a, a similar story of a boy going through initiations of uh climbing pyramids and black orbs and all kinds of crazy stuff and and i did a you know a full i mean it must have been an hour or so show on on these books uh and it just blew my mind and then later on i find out all these weird connections he had with china and then covid is yeah. supposedly hebrew for Kobe and it's like we just did a, a I don't know what the hell's happening. We just recently did an episode of Bishop Larry Gators and he he came to tell us all about Kobe and the whole situation. He was in lawsuits uh <laughs> with pharmaceutical companies and they're probably who bumped him off. Like Kobe was yeah. de- like deeply linked. Have you ever listened to, to Bishop Larry? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I heard Larry uh Gators on Tinfall Hat because he did an episode same. about the boule. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, and I don't listen to every episode of every podcast out there. I don't have the time, but I listen to that one because I'm interested in the boule because I wrote a book about hip hop and the uh, Illuminati connections to it. Now, and and the boule came up in my research back then, and I couldn't find a ton of credible credible sources on it. And uh, so I, obviously that interested me. I listened to it. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Uh, there was a couple things I took exception to that I thought mm, I don't know if I buy into that. And I tried to find. I tried to like sort of fact check what he was saying and I couldn't confirm some of the things. And I thought he was being a little hyperbolic on some of it. And I, I made mention of it on one of my shows. I don't remember which one was, I was probably talking about Kobe Bryant and I don't know if this is connected, but I went on Twitter cause I was going to go follow him. Cause I know uh, Bishop Larry Gage was making the rounds and I thought, Oh, I should get this guy on the show. Like we have a lot of overlapping interests here. And I went to follow him and it said I was blocked. And I thought, what the hell? And all I could think of is maybe, and I'm just, I'm just assuming maybe he blocked me because somehow he heard that and took offense to it. And like, I, I hope he didn't because I'm not the kind of guy who, uh, you know, I, like, like I said before, uh, a lot of everyone in this truth community is a brother and a sister to me, Alex Jones. I think he's bad shit crazy, but a lot of the stuff he says is you know, turns out true. And I, you know, he's still my brother. Like I, I still got love for Alex Jones, mm. but, um, we don't all have to agree. We all agree on one thing is that the mainstream sits over here and they get lied to and they don't even know it. And then there's us who are trying to figure this all out and trying to prove it to the, the sheep over here. Like we're all in the same camp. And, uh, sure, you know, I, just, I hope you didn't get offended by it. So if, if you're listening, Bishop Larry Gators, don't block me. Let's do this, man. Come on. We tro- we'll throw the tweet to Bishop Larry and, uh, and see if he'll, he'll hand over the, the olive branch of, <laughs> cross cross prog- podcast promotion let's say i know i know we get, we I, get I him on the that, show man. he's full of very very um detailed information like i dragged him off in a few different directions but one of the directions was uh we're talking about like um the the luciferian power in mainstream media you know he talked about uh you were saying the, the kids books that have occultish symbols and stuff that um jk rowling like wrote harry potter in a, in a kind of an automatic writing state that she just went in and, and kind of went into the trance and it just all came out in the one go. Um, some people say it was written by committee and it was retconned to say that like she wrote it on her own, but maybe it was four or five people wrote it together. That's one of the rumours um, that's unsubstantiated, obviously, but like 
you know, there's such a vast amount of lore within those seven or nine books um, that there's, quote, no way that she could have done it on her own or whatever. Uh, but she, yeah, apparently she went into a, a, a trance-like state and, and wrote the whole thing. Like I believe this, that. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. Like, these things happen. Uh, people well, go, people well, go into those states and, and they perform and stuff comes out that you, you would never, ever think. Like, we do six it, and seven hour episodes here uh, for those conspiracy guys. And sometimes, you know, at hour four, you're starting to feel outside your body. And then the next thing, like, ideas start coming to you and things for the first time. Like, a lot of the stuff that I said to you wasn't planned. I'm just having the conversation with you. And it uh, kind of feels like it's like flying into my head from somewhere else. Like I, I, I do yeah, it's feel that it's in, it's in there, but it's all in yeah. here. You know, we're all connected I, and the internet of things, our brains are all fucking hooked up to the one thing. When somebody creates yeah. a, a brand new invention or there's a new patent made, it's almost always a race to the patent office because some cunt on the other side of the planet has gone like, oh, I have the answer. And it writes down real quick and then they have to, you know what I mean? Like those inventions, yeah. those, those life changing, world changing, human existence changing things are all made almost at the same time. So as soon as it goes out into the the psych the the, the psychological internet of all humans, mm-hmm. it's available for everybody. Do you know yeah, that 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 um I be- I believe in a lot of the stuff you're saying, like the symbolism, I think it works. I think uh, there is a collective unconscious that's one way of tapping into it. Uh, they talk about it uh Eliphas Levy talks about it charging of the magnetic chain uh, in the sense that you can you can use these symbols to change reality on some levels. Like and sigil magic and stuff like that. Like sigil magic, chaos magic. You talk about Pepe the Frog and Keck and yeah. how Trump got in. Uh, and and I had a guest on my show just recently, a professor, uh, Teitelbaum. He wrote a book. He hung out with Steve Bannon a bunch. And Steve Bannon, of course, was instrumental in getting Donald Trump in office. And it turns out, if you read the book, that Bannon was... Um, I don't know how to let me use the right terms here. Bannon had knowledge and understanding of basically how chaos magic works. So, I mean, could it be that that was proven true with Donald Trump? I mean, like, like you said earlier, that's no one thought he was getting in. I, I thought it was a, a sure thing. Clinton was getting in. We all thought that. So how did that happen? You know, yeah. I, I didn't, I called it like a year before I was like, no, there's no way. Like oh, yeah. the last, yeah, because you could see Pete, the tightest tournament, people don't want uh, autocrats in charge anymore. They don't want yeah. to be controlled. So. They're yeah. brushing that shit off, and it, it sometimes it's to the detriment of a, like a religious upbringing or to like a you know a, a, like a puritanical belief system that the the ta- like the foot town and footloose. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody who lives in that town is going to be a dancer just because they're pushing back. Like businessmen have hippies for kids, and hippies have businessmen for kids. Like, that shit is not yeah, that's it's, true. it's cyclical like you don't want to be the generation before and Generation Z coming up now behind the millennials they're all absolutely like you know facts over feelings and all this kind of stuff it's a it's a it's a full circle thing and over time all those conspiracy theorists end up getting proved right in one way or another because the stuff that we're talking about is so speculative but based in historical demonstration these things have happened already and are and continue to happen in repeated cycles again and again. One thing that threw us all for a loop was Corona because we didn't know what was going on. But like we we're still and, and this is some of the last stuff we're going to talk about. We're still in awe of like pop stars and celebrities who are using this satanic or Luciferian occult symbolism in their art, in their personal personas. Um, 
we've seen it being done before, like in the seventies with Led Zeppelin, where apparently Jimmy Page sold his soul to Satan, bought uh, uh, Alistair Crowley's home in in Beleskin in, in Scotland, and he got the Zoso, uh, what would you call it, insignia. And he was mm-hmm. given three other symbols, and he said, "They're they're the symbols for the lads. They're the symbols of power. You get them to pick and wear them all the time, have them all the time, put them on your instruments. They're your tickets to success." So from that right up to, we have the likes of Kesha, who you know had the dollar sign in the S in her name, which was I think like a sigil. That's a sigil magic mm-hmm. right there. Even mm-hmm. uh, we have Madonna, who's been using symbolism like uh, dark occultish symbolism for. I think 40 years. Uh, and now most recently coming out, did you see that video where she's like fried fish? Yeah. Yes. Being in the bath and she's all like, and I give my, it's almost like she's chanting meditation in the, in the bath in a nip. Um, like really weird symbolism is built into mm-hmm. a lot of these celebrities. Like Tom Hanks is putting stuff up. Did you see that thing he put up the other day? It was a coffee cup and a nine of clubs on the ground. No, I didn't see that one. He put up an Instagram post and it was a, it was a cap off a coffee cup and the nine of clubs. And people were like, oh, it's a symbol. Like he, th- this motherfucker is putting up on his Instagram page, like pictures of kids' shoes and like lost toys and shit. That, that's all that's on his Instagram. Do you know? Mm-hmm. When you go yeah, back I've over, seen that before. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. You go back over, uh, what's your man's name? James Alephantis. You go back over his Instagram page and there's some wild shit, but it's obviously wild. Yeah, he's blocked that. I tried to, I tried to follow him, but he won't allow that. Apparently, but. Them, them shits are all those shits have got screen screenshotted. Like everybody has those things. Well, like, if you saw, you saw the uh, you're talking about Madonna. She did a, the creep, the creepiest thing I've seen her do, and she's done a lot of creepy things. In, uh, in 2019, she did a Eurovision show, and her and Quavo from the Migos did a song called "Wake." Uh, I think it was called "Wake Up." But anyway, it's um, they're standing on top of this pyramid, which has, of course, the stairs going to the top, and then it's got the twin pillars. And the people, the dancers, towards the end of the song, they go up the stairs, and then they fall off the back. Meanwhile, Madonna and Quavo are singing, not everyone's coming to the future. Uh, not everyone's learning from the past. Uh-huh. Everybody's going to make it to the future. No, one, Not all of us are going to last. You need to open your mind, open your eyes. And only 500 I mean, million of us will survive. Have you seen the Georgia Guidestones? That shit is whack. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I think she's, I think she's familiar. I mean, she's obviously a Kabbalist, you know. Mm. Um, but she's a uh, man. She's done a lot of weird stuff in her day. But that that one, like, it kind of made my skin crawl a little bit uh, because it seemed very much on the nose. And I don't know if there's a reason they did that. Not they didn't do it in America. They did it over in in Europe. Uh, I'm not sure what the deal is with that. Did you see the opening of the the London Olympics? Yeah, with the uh, medical uh, National Institute of Health thing. Yeah, whatever. But that's only after coming up recently because people were like, "Oh, holy shit!" They were they were like foreshadowing that stuff. It's like predictive programming. They were they were yeah. they were letting us know that this is going to be the case. Um, that it ended up being like a massive occult. Uh, like there's loads of pentagrams and loads of like depictions of sacrifice of, of people dying and their souls going up uh, into the ether. Like it's a really, really dark imagery. Yeah, it's creepy. And and they had the, um, they had some of the, and JK Rowling was, was during that segment too. She was kind of doing the reading 
And, uh, and I've got a whole, I've got a ton on Harry Potter. If anyone wants to go into the cult symbolism, Harry Potter, I did, um, a few episodes on it a while back, or you can pay for it. You can go buy the book. I wrote a book, conspiracy theories and unpopular culture. It's on Amazon and audible. It's got a whole section on Harry Potter, uh, because I, I actually for years avoided Harry Potter. Cause like, it's not my thing. Like, I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I, uh, just, Twilight you know, as well. I'm, I'm out. I'm like, ah, you're yeah. Good. Yeah, you can miss me with all that. Yeah. But then I sat down and watched. I mean, people kept saying, oh, you got to watch the Harry Potter movies. I'm like, I'm not watching that shit. Like, I don't like it. And I finally did. I kind of muscled through it. It actually got pretty good after the third movie. But uh, I watched all of them. And, like, again, it was, like, jaw-dropping. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is everything I've, I've ever <laughs> been talking about. And including, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling talked about the deathly hollow symbol, which is the circle with the triangle and all that. Yeah. That's a, a Freemason symbol. She, she said it in an interview with on BBC, she talked about how she was watching this movie and the symbol came to her through her subconscious. Again, she channeled this symbol and yeah, it's based on Freemasonry. Cause if you look at the movie, she, you know, two degrees of separation between that to prove it's Freemason. Uh, but yeah, these, um, it, to the London Olympics, I, I get off track easy. The uh, London Olympics, she was re- doing a reading and there was all these British uh, villain characters coming out. One of them was from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is like a, a basically a, a child molester. Child or something catcher, like yeah. And it's like, dude, what the hell? And like, it has this viruses going around snatching up the kids. Uh, but yeah, the, the predictive programming, it's a, it's a key component that I talk about in the dark path with the, um, it's, it's connecting into the subconscious again. And you have to get into some, some of this woo woo stuff to get into all this. Yeah. Uh, but Francis Bacon, who was, you know, instrumental in the foundation of America here, he talked about the new Atlantis and how America is going to be the new world. And uh, he said, it's easier to teach people through entertainment than to lecture at them. And I believe that to be so. And in my future research, I'm, I'm doing a book on aliens, which is taking me forever because there's so many directions I got to research but there was a neuroscientist named Jeffrey Zacks who talked about the concept of cognitive models. Uh, and, and in the past I've heard something similar. I was a, I studied engineering in college and we talked about frequency following, uh, or God, now I forget the term for it. Something about, uh, following frequencies, meaning you, you, you push a frequency and other frequencies have a tendency to sort of like fall in line with it. Um, like resonance. Resonance frequencies, sort of like that. Yeah, they and, do it with binaural beats and stuff like that to be able to put one one uh, frequency yeah. in one ear and a slightly different one in the other ear, and your brain like corrects the difference. So it goes like yes, but you can change the frequency of the thing in between those two. Yeah, so you're yeah. Like, you're, you're, the mind is, you know, they say the the mind is the final frontier in science. Yeah, man. Uh, and Jeffrey Zacks talks about these cognitive models. And basically the short version of this is where I'm going is I believe that aliens are part of the agenda in the sense that they've shown us aliens in movies for so long that we built up all these cognitive models, meaning your mind, when it watches it on TV, it doesn't on some primitive level, it doesn't understand that it's not like, Oh, this is the news and it's real. And it's not like, Oh, it's a movie. It's fake on some levels in your mind. It just gets stowed away. And then part of the filtering process is to tell ourselves like, Oh, that, that that was just a movie. That wasn't real. But it's almost an inevitability that that's going to be a step in the future. Like there's been too much focus on it for too long. Yep. 
for uh, sure. I think 100%. Trump, Trump put up a post the other day where he, he, he was superimposed or oh, it was like, you know, a rallying cry to all the right wing media, you know, no, I saw that, Pretty, yeah. but he <laughs> was, but he was the Bill Pullman uh, character in from an independent state. It was like, we will not go into the night. We will not go down without a fight. We're going to go on. We're going to survive. And like yeah. an independence day, like that's a rousing speech, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's so weird that he would choose to pick that near that weeks after the CAA confirmed the existence of UFOs. Like, it seems like, oh, this is the shit. And all the conspiracy theorists nips are hard as rocks, man. Because <laughs> we're going like, this shit is happening. It's happening, man. Uh, no. It's happening, right? Like Operation Bluebeam is in effect. Werner von Braun talked about it. Uh, you know, the Stephen Greer disclosure yeah. project. He had Carol Rosen saying like, first it's the Nazis, then it's the communists, then it's the terrorists. Then it's the people themselves who are the enemy. And then it becomes yeah. the aliens, which unites a broken, you know, disparate world ready for change. We're broken. Uh, we've, we've lost our connection with the divine. We are merely mortal creatures who rely on authoritarian or, or on a, a system of provisions. Uh, we're without food. Everyone's fucked up, drawn out, you know, waiting for something to help. And then all of a sudden the aliens come and they're like, we'll help you, but you have to do exactly what we say. Like, yeah. what's, uh, To finish up, what's your, what's your opinion about the, the coming UFO uh, uh, agenda? Is it, could it be, that these yokes are interdimensional beings, that they're the Luciferian forces that are forcing us to do things. They are the archons that David Icke talks about. They are the, uh, what, what do the Scientologists call them? The, the Yeah, I know. Uh, I can't think of it either. Something like that. Thetans, that's it. Thetans, the, yeah. They are the Thetans, you know, the ghostly figures that, you know, propel our thoughts to doing like bad stuff, like touching our dicks. Like, what's the, what's the UFO agenda? What's the alien agenda? Is it to drive us towards technology to be able to take us out of our corporeal form that is flawed and push yes. us towards a more like digital controllable predictable future what what uh, do you think that's that so this is this is going to be a sort of dividing uh argument in the uh, truth or community here with the aliens like you i grew up you know watching x-files fascinated by aliens fascinated wanted to know if they exist i remember uh I remember when I was like 14 walking with my friend home, you know, late at night, it's dark out. And like, we were so intrigued by aliens. We were like begging for them to come abduct us, you know, yeah. which is pretty dangerous now that I'm like a little bit more familiar with how some of these paranormal elements work. But to me, and, and like I said, this is an evolving opinion. I, I that's why I got to keep doing research because I, I can't commit to one thing or another. But like Same. if I look historically, yeah. like I could be talked to either side of this argument. Historically, it's never been anything good. Uh, Crowley, he was channeling Lamb in 1918, the first gray alien. Hitler and Blavatsky were talking about the alien race. And, uh, you know, Hitler was working with the Vril Secret Society um, to channel these these alien forces to make, you know, deglock the bell and, you know, and all this, all this stuff branches into a million things. So I'm not going to get too sidetracked. Yeah. They're all terms. We, we all like the TCG audience all get them. So short time yeah. is, is, is cool. Yeah. And, and, uh, you look at ancient aliens who comes along, the ancient alien show comes along after, after we're seeing all these, uh, 
sort of naughty boys who've been channeling the aliens and the bad guys, all of a sudden we get ancient aliens that shows up and is like, Hey, you know what? turns out through panspermia or whatever, aliens actually are our gods. They, they manipulated our, our DNA and, and here's the proof for it. And for, you know, 10 years, they've been laying out the argument for, uh, why this is well some Zechariah Sitchin shit like he's saying that, yeah you know, the, the Anunnaki and and we're it, this is all uh we're all the descendants of the Greek gods who fucked the good looking Greek girls big blue creatures <laughs> right. came down and spread their seed and yeah 120,000 yeah. years later when the planet came back around it was fucking millions and we're like oh my god we left they all started fucking each other these hairless monkeys there's loads of them now shit like it's yeah, not they, unbelievable they, they, they Right. And like, and, and that's where I always get to kind of vacillate on the, on the fence about like, man, what do I want to believe about these things? Cause I feel like we got to make a choice here soon. But when I look at who all the, um, occultists were like Kenneth Grant, who was channeling, uh, you know, you know, they think, they think that there's another dimension of reality, so to speak. Some call it the mob zone. Some call it the, the abyss deos on the Kabbalistic tree of life. And they think there's some value in making contact with the shadow side of day off Vader, the day off Vader. Exactly. Yeah. Day off Vader. And oh, that's why all these celebrities are arguably going insane because they're trying to channel energies from this dark zone that HP Lovecraft and HR Giger, you know, you look into their, their works and they talk about how this is such a dangerous sort of element and a dark element, this other dimension that, that, arguably these uh, interdimensional aliens, if, if that's what we want to go into is interdimensional aliens, which to me, I feel like that's gotta be it. Um, I, I have a hard time believing um, otherwise, but if you look at the best example of where they want to take this, if you read Arthur C. Clarke's novels, the four novels, 2001, um, 2010, I think 2061 and 3001, they, Basically, that story is what I think they all subscribe to, and everything points to it that I've ever read. Everything points to the same argument that an alien intelligence comes, tells man how to become better. You know, by the end of the 2001, uh, David Bowman, he makes contact with the black cube, the black monolith, and alchemically transforms to the star child. Now he's an interdimensional, interdimensional traveler. Then in the other books it morphs into finding out who these alien intelligence are and that, what they're trying to do. That's and an allegory for transhumanism, I guess, right? Where he touches the yeah. thing and it becomes an ethereal form of, of digital information. Yeah. They, they, um, they left it a little bit open to interpretation, but if you read the sequels, it defines it a little bit better. And you find out that David Bowman evolves eventually into what, the, the intelligence that created the monoliths, which is the digital streams of consciousness, immortal flowing through time. No, there's no limits, space and time. Uh, it's a new, a new form of life. And, um, arguably that's what we've been going towards. If you look at Elon Musk's Neuralink, you look at the predictions of Ray Kurzweil, the singularity. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And this is where we're headed. IBM, and, uh, IBM just launched like their quantum computer. Uh, and and uh, Intel just launched a whole new set of uh, quantum processors, and they're putting that shit together. And uh, what kind of imagery would you think that you would use to kind of go like, "Hey, here's the most powerful form of uh, technology that humans have ever invented"? 
they thought they chose a black cube. Uh, here's a black, a giant black cube that's going to be like the future of computing. That's like huh. a million times faster than any other. Uh, yeah, a black cube. Like, uh, yeah, the imagery is, yeah, is undeniable. A, like, you know, it, it's all. It's like a, <laughs> it's like Sam Tripoli always talks about. It's like these these uh, these these Saturnian inverted forces, man. Like it, it to me, the connections are like clear. It's very hard to verbalize it. Yeah, of course. But, because there's so many different dots to connect, Mm. but like if you boil it down to the most common, you know, I picture it and this is going to sound kind of wacky, but in my head, I picture this, this bandwidth of, of reality that they're creating and all these different dots fit in the, in the same bandwidth. Um, you know, so like it's hard to say, well, definitively aliens are this, because, you know, you could be pointing to way up here and then other people say, no, they're from another planet. It's down here. But like, it doesn't matter that they're still moving everything along according to their evolution of consciousness. Yeah. You think that uh, there would be a f- like a fake alien invasion, something that would. <sighs> that's a tough one, man. I No, you don't I, think that's a po- it, like if, if the alien invasion comes, it's going to be real. Like, I think that the pre the predictive programming is there's an alien race, they'll come and try to enslave us all, yeah. and, you know, the, the most powerful human armies will rise up and fight them back. Like, that's the the, the universal story told yeah. us on yeah. these TV shows. Like, V, or, like, Independence Day, or even with, um, you know, more, more modern stuff, um, there's always this unified enemy. Like Westworld, yeah, it's robots. It's humans versus robots. There's always a humans come together and resist this irresistible, uh, undefeatable, immortal, a human force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's a good way of it. It would if there was a, a fake alien invasion. It sure would be a good way of funneling resources into one cause, like space force. Uh, like a space force, yes. yeah. Or a there's new world a, order. There's kind a of stuff. fucking. Is it a movie or a TV show starring Steve Carell called Space Force? Oh, really? Right. It was only oh, released yeah. the other day, and it's a piss take. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I think it was on HBO, right? Yeah. So, like, there's there's certain elements for people who want to believe that it's a real thing, and they can get their evidence and all. But for the people who want to make fun of it, there's also a whole lot of other confirmation bias material yeah. that will yeah. tickle your particular you know your prejudice yeah there, there's there's arguments like some of the, some of the places that my mind my mind goes is that we've punched so many holes interdimensionally that we're we're drawing in energies from another dimension uh that's what the babylon workings were with l ron hubbard and jack parsons were on the desert doing their crowley magic and they 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 were trying to incarnate the scarlet woman uh, which he got through marjorie cameron but you know, and Crowley said they didn't, these idiots didn't know how to close up the portal. Yeah. And then we get Roswell. Uh, you could see, you could argue for that on many levels. Uh, I used to do ghost hunting back in like the year 2000 before they had TV shows on it. It sounded insane. My buddy was doing it and I went along with him. <laughs> LD and we AM all- radio trying to be like, <laughs> we had tape recorders and we got some crazy shit, man. I mean, I got intelligent responses and I thought this is nuts. But then we, we started getting all this weird stuff happening in the house. We got these weird, uh, uh, weird marks on the wall and all this crazy stuff happened. And I was like, man, I'm out. This is, this is nuts. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, so what I'm getting at is I think there's, there's something to be said for contacting things interdimensionally 
and unintended consequences. And I, I believe, you know, Greer's channeling these aliens through and it's like, dude, if, if too many be? people do this, yeah. should he be? Exactly, yeah. man. Like, we don't know what we're messing with here. CERN's punching black holes in, in space. Um, they found so, a parallel yeah, dimension the other day where the time runs backwards. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, right. maybe like <laughs> we're coming close to this, to this other dimension where the time is running backwards, where they're way, way ahead of us and they're coming to meet like they're the humans of the far, far future. And they're coming to our dimension because they're way more technologically advanced. They're coming to our, to, to try and go like, well, shit, eventually everything's going to end for us because we're going to start again. We're going to get back to the start. So we want to hop dimensions where stuff is always mm-hmm. going forward, is always progressing because they're in a regressive universe. Maybe they're trying to get in here with us. That's why they know us so well. That's why they're able to manipulate us because they are us. Yeah. Possibly. And and I did a, uh, I did a show about arrival and that's, that's, kind of the idea of mini- the manipulation of time. Oh, that's a great, uh, that, that's a great, that's movie. in the film. Yeah. Great movie. Jeremy Renner and, uh, Amy Adams, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, when they, it's funny when they go inside the craft, you see, uh, a white monolith, essentially, you know, they go up to the, the viewing port and it's a, basically a white monolith, same sort of dimensions and all that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of interesting things fell out of that, that, uh, that movie as well. Yeah, we could talk for hours, man. We're, we're going to wrap it up now because uh, your your time is valuable. I let you off to finish your to finish your good works. But uh, where can everybody find you if they weren't looking for you? I'm all over the place. IlluminatiWatcher.com is my website where I post pretty much all the stuff. You can sign up for an email newsletter. That's the direct link. I don't sell that to nobody. That's my backup plan for when they inevitably shut me out of the social medias like they shut me out of YouTube. Uh, and you know, I'm on all the socials right now, Instagram at Isaac Weishop. I post a lot of cool little like, uh, clips and, and images to support the stuff I talk about on my podcast, which, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and unpopular culture is available on Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I've got all the books on Amazon and audible under my, my, my pseudonym, Isaac Weishop, of course. Uh, so, you know, whatever Pat, whatever, way people want to consume information. I try to put it on all, all those things. Cause some people don't like podcasts. Some people don't like reading books. Some people don't want to listen to the books. Uh, I try to hit all the, the things cause I want to sort of spread this, these ideas. Uh, cause I think especially now more than ever, it's very important. We all start defining our reality instead of letting these people define reality for us. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're owning, uh, what we make and taking back the internet, taking back information. And, uh, I think the evangelistic nature of some of the conspiracy theorists of the past uh, is kind of watering away with, with people like yourself, myself, Greg Carwood, like Sam, uh, a bunch of different people that are making shows. And you know what, man? If you like it, you like it. Some like their, some people like their conspiracy theories with a little seasoning of like dick jokes. You know, some yeah, people like yeah. them, some people like them real serious and religious and like fucking everything always points back to this, you know, certain type of agenda. Uh, I think as long as people are thinking and talking, that's the most important part. Um, reach out to your to your people. Uh, we have a discord server where a lot of the TCG fans hang out, share links, have chats. And there's no kind of like creepy motherfucker looking over your shoulder to see what you're typing or if you if you you know use the r word if somebody says a silly thing uh that mm-hmm. you don't get banned for 180 days uh because it's yeah. uh it's wrong speak so um it's great to have you on the yeah, show I, 
I, I, I, I should I should also do that dis, uh, Discord. Discord. I've got a Patreon, and they've offered that to connect into Discord. And uh, that's, that's a very good it. point. That's, that's a very good point. That's what I got turned on to to this guy through Patreon. It's a, it's a game speak thing, but they're upgrading all the time. Uh, I have my whole show content split into seasons and into uh, episodes. So, like, uh, you know, I have RSS feed links that are dumping, like, daily news about all these different hashtags that I have. And then I'm able to just put those articles that are finding interesting uh, into the Discord so people can read them and talk about them amongst themselves. There's DMs between all your members. So if someone says something's like, that's very interesting. Okay, let's hop in the DMs, have chats. There's a voice channel where you can talk amongst each other, like a fucking phone call. Up to like 60, 70 people can be heard quite easily. Uh, I do like little call-ins. I call in, did you see that thing in the news? And now there's also video chats. We can have up to 50 people in the one room in a video chat. So if you get your Patreon folks... Jump, jump in there. That's the way that the internet is going now, man. YouTube is a fucking, uh, uh, it's Chernobyl for, for content. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you can go there, but you can't stay there long because you end up with like, you know, some weird cancer or some fucking extra eyeball or some shit. Um, <laughs> right. And Facebook and Twitter being the same. So um, I, I send all my people your way. I'm sure we'll do this again and talk about something different uh, in the future. Well, but it's, it's great talking to you. It's great to connect with you. And uh, thanks very much for being on the show. Well, stuff, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man.